when I see like the top loading NES, the oh, the NES too, like I'm I'm, it's, I'm offended when someone I, when I see someone with one, they're dead to me. I'm you're dead to me. <laughs> the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Folan. And I'm Jay Backstrom. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We are counting down to 1991 with Dick Clark as we flip through the Game Pro issue 14 in this episode. The link to the issues in the show notes, as it always is. Please rate and review the podcast. If you post it, we'll read it here. Give us validation and self-worth or ridicule us as long as it's also funny. What are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on now to wind down 2022? Outside of our awesome side quest where I've been really digging into Dragon Warrior 2, which is awesome. A lot of ESO, as I normally do. Uh, but story time. Now, now, go with me for a second. So I've been grinding a lot at this game. You know, I've been playing this game for, I don't know, like seven years now. So much time. You know, and there's definitely been times where I've just taken time off because I just got bored with it. I've done everything up to that point, whatever, you know, until DLCs come out. And, you know, I'm listening to different podcasts about different RPGs, MMORPGs, things like that. And I'm thinking oh, about man. Final Fantasy. Are, there's are, there, there's got to be ESO-specific podcasts, is there not? I I haven't listened to those, but I'm so but, deep into that. Like, I don't I don't know that I'd listen to one. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm so deep into it. I'm just like, I, enough. I need some, some variation. Okay. But... In, in listening to these, you know, people are talking about Final Fantasy fourteen online as like supposed like more popular in some like in a lot of ways, like more player count and that kind of thing. And considering we've that, played Final is Fantasy. Is that an MMO? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Or I would not yeah. assume that. I, of course I didn't know it, but I would not have assumed <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. Since I never play on my PlayStation, like I didn't really know. And since we had just recently finished our Final Fantasy one side quest, you know, and I'm much more interested in that world now. I want to buy the Final Fantasy 1 through 6 Pixel Remaster Collection just so I can play through all those. Um, but because I was interested... Don't I play t- through I those. We're going we're gonna to play, th- play those. <laughs> don't play through those. We're going to play those. Or some of them, at least. I don't know if we'll get to 6. I mean, yeah, 6 is pretty far off. That's but, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but but two, it, 2 is inevitable. That's super. That's SNES. So we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that all for right. sure. All right. So I won't go there yet. But my point is, like, my interest in the Final Fantasy franchise has just blossomed, you know. <laughs> and so I, I open up my, I boot up the PS4 and I go to the store and I'm mid demo. I'm in the middle of downloading the Final Fantasy VII remake demo. I must have like turned it on before the last time I had my PS4 on or something and just turned it off and left. And so I let that finish. And instead of, you know, I'm looking at the store, just checking Final Fantasy online. But when the remake finished, this is the Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, I jumped into that and that game was so awesome. Like I'm so hooked already. Like it's, I can't imagine, obviously the graphics are different than where they, what they were when the game came out, but just the fact that all these other things are involved at that time, you know, I, I obviously did not have a PlayStation, so I never got to play that initially, but my buddy in high school did. And so I was over his house and watch him and it was, it was fascinating enough. And I was like, man, this is such an interesting game, but like seeing it and playing it for myself now like oh 
I, I might have to buy it. Like, it's so good, man. H- have you played that? Did you play it originally? Uh, I, we, we talked about it. Yeah, Jab had it on his PlayStation, and I, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely tried somewhat at some point, but I, I, I don't. It's, it's too spacey. I hated the place. I hated the PlayStation. We've talked about that at mm. nauseum in the chat. Uh, it was so clunky and just fucking. I don't know. Everything was so boxy, and the controls front. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember. The PS One did not have analog sticks. It was fucking. It was so bad. I did not have a PS One. So yeah, I it was a three D, a three yeah. D <laughs> environment with a D pad. Think about that. Think about how dumb that is. Yeah, it's really it sucks. <laughs> well, uh, and like, maybe, and like a, clun- that's why... a clunky D pad, no less. You know, so you know, was, I, I did not like the PlayStation at all. I played Resident Evil a little bit because that was just so fucking good, but. Right. Most of the shit Jab had otherwise on that PS, I just could not get into. And Final Fantasy, I mean, being, you know, it's a long ass game. So, and I also just, the space sci fi thing, uh, like mixed with the medieval fan, it's, I'm not really, that doesn't, I don't really vibe too well with that either. So, just like the world of it wasn't particularly appealing. And obviously, Final Fantasy VII is way further down the line. Like, Final Fantasy I skews more into the medieval fantasy aspect right less so the space shit you know and right. final fantasy 7 like they're way further down that you know the excuse way the other way i think at least in my understanding and my perception so you know that was not that's uh, fair. particularly appealing to me but i I, it's, I fully understand the revere that it has and i i do not question that it is probably a good game it's just i don't think it's my my mm. vibe necessarily gotcha yeah it's like the the demo was very short, but there's enough there that I was wild. Like in terms of both the gameplay, like you. Still I mean, have the remasters got to just be insane. Oh right? yeah, I mean, that's I mean, what I mean. Like, like I'm sure all of your complaints are all like taken away in this remaster because, right. like, clearly, like you can you can even when there's dialogue move move the screen around, which is something that hasn't even arrived only the last couple of years. You know what I mean? And so. Like the so, so it is. So the remaster, well the remaster is not like a pixel remaster. It's no. A, this is a remake. This is a remake, not a remaster. So they okay. remade it with full like 3D graphics, okay. like everything, like much more, like updated abilities to like From move your up. camera angle when you want. And it's yep. just that's what I'm saying. Like it's, I I can see like the current generation graphic capabilities and all that stuff, plus. The Final Fantasy, like your spells, your abilities, like the like what's going on there in terms of like, yeah. oh, you just got an ally, and so it's 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 different than I thought though. I actually thought that one was turn based, and clearly I was misremembering, and so it's not really not really turn based, but it's it's kind of like this combination. I, I I can't really explain it, but I like it. You know, there's there's live combat, but you definitely still have turns. It feels like because you can't always just use your spells and abilities when you want to. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, but, I mean, it, yeah. yeah, it was like uh, the original was kind of Super Mario RPG-ish, was it not? Like that kind of vibe. Like, oh, like yeah, there's like action, action components. Like you have to like hit a button at a certain time to do a certain thing as effectively as you would want it to be done. But it's not like full on control yourself combat. Yeah, but this one is like, like when you're cloud, you are... Like, I can stop to use my spells and stop to use my abilities, but I can also just attack, just furiously attack. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like an open world, like, fighter in that aspect, but at the same time, you're able to kind of, like, not pause the combat, but kind of hit 
hit the command list and kind of stop yourself and then use your ability next or spell next. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like it's this, it's this hybrid. Like you can play it kind of, you need to play it both ways because you have to get to those commands to obviously do more like you would in a normal Final Fantasy game. But you also, I would be very curious. Yeah. I I would be very curious to hear someone who has played both at length and hear kind of like their, like how different that is from the original. I, I just cannot fathom the original had like any real live action to it yeah i don't who, i don't know man, it's who knows? Not my, I, not my I, i'm impressed that like that's why I, that's what i'm saying like i'm impressed at what they did there because it feel, feels like both and i like it it takes a, it took a little while to get used to but even in that short demo time which was maybe maybe an hour you know like the kids are all sitting lined up watching me all fascinated like wow like this is amazing look at cloud like this is the introduction of cloud because they know him from you know smash brothers and all kind of other things so uh, yeah, so I think I'm gonna have to buy that. May I may buy it now because it's on super sale and just like put it on the shelf while I play through the earlier ones. You know, we'll see. Okay, okay. But in the in the in the world of remakes and remasters, continuing that theme, The Witcher Three, like we got to go back to it. They've already like, redone uh, one of those. Oh my god! So so this or is done the, this that. is redone yeah, that so, rather. But think about it like this: it's not a. It's not a, this is not a remake, this is a remaster. So my previous version, which was a great, great game, you know, was upgraded to the next, next gen yeah. version for free. No, dude. What? Oh, don't even, we can't even. We've had this we discussion. Can't, yes, we have. Yeah. Bor- but boring, <laughs> button mashing sword play. It's fucking terrible. And oh a, and, my and, and, and a, and a wildly opaque and obtuse crafting system that is oh. not even vaguely enjoyable. Uh, it looks beautiful. The yeah, story world could have like, been cool. I, <laughs> who crafts? I mean, what do you mean? I mean, that's how you, you, cra- that's how you, you craft m- the minimal things to like help augment your signs and everything, but you're not crafting like you would in, in Elder Scrolls or something like in a, in another game. Like if that's what you're expecting, guess that's not that level. Of no, the, it's there. And what do you mean level? That's the thing. It's too much to figure out. I like couldn't figure it out. Like mm-hmm. the, it was every time I had to do a, because I think you got, I'm pretty sure that's like a condition based thing too. I don't know. I, I just remember like the jewels and shit I was putting into swords. Like I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. There was no way to figure out with, I mean, obviously you can probably Google your ass off, but I don't want to sit and Google while I fucking play a game uh, every five seconds. Like, and like the, it was constant. Like you had to, it was such a, like a, it was a constant need or uh, pressing to do that crafting and upgrading and jewel setting and all that shit. And it's just like, fuck off, man. Like, <laughs> fucking get to the fucking game, man. <laughs> I, I think you're doing something wrong there. Although I will say I will agree on the not understanding which things go where at first. Because it took me a while to be like, why won't this one go here? Like, I definitely will agree with you on that one. And yeah, I never, the, like, the I never silver, It was the silver the for the undead or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, and like, yeah, certain yeah. jewels. Go, it was like, it was fucking, yeah. Fu- oh, it was terrible. Yeah. So, so <laughs> opaque. I didn't. Yeah. I hated it so much. But and then, I mean, yeah, like I, the actual action was just hitting the button. It, like, all you do is just hit a button. Mm, just hit a button, and then he fucking swings the sword all different ways. Like it was so fucking. No. <laughs> I mean, it's. I will. I will grant you that it is not as variable in some of the combat as later games. Yes, but I think for the time and everything else considered, Gwent, all that things that you don't like, I think are still great. But regardless, I had Skyrim is, on that system. All those things were possible that I wanted. Regardless. <laughs> I think the game was great. 
um, I only stopped it because you know life got in the way. I think I think my son was born at the time, and I just kind of yeah. I still got to like level thirty or something in the game. I played the yeah. shit out of it. It's not like I have this opinion based on because <laughs> it was the first game. Amy got me the PS3 for something, and I that was the first game that she got. So I ha- I only had The Witcher three for a while, like Witcher and Madden, I think, for a long time. So I fucking I I gave it. Uh, the old college try and a half, man. It was not like, oh, I played this game for a few hours, like, oh, fuck this, and I just didn't know, yeah. I didn't, like, get familiar or figure out how to do things. Like, I played the fuck out of that game, and I still, like, at the end of it, I was just like, I got to level 30 or something, I was just like, fuck this, this is the same, I've been doing the same thing for 50 hours. <laughs> I think, so you probably did a lot of side quests then, huh? I'm like sure, a lot yeah. of Witcher contracts and stuff. See, that's yeah. what I did. I, I didn't do a whole lot of those. I think I got to the point, I put it down... When I got to the point where I think I was going to Skelliger or whatever, and it said, you know, if you're ready to go to the end game, like at this, if you go here, like certain quests can't be finished, like because this is you're getting into the end part, spoilers, whatever. I and def- so I definitely never presented with that option because I'd have yeah, been like, see, yes, <laughs> click, yes, let's go. Let's get the fuck see, out. See, that's of what here. I'm saying. <laughs> I am not level 30 yet, and I, but I passed that a while ago. So, like, I, you must have not, but I haven't done a ton of those side quests. That's what I'm doing now. So I, I put the game aside because I was like, "Oh, this is in. I want to hold off. I don't want to do it yet." And then the for whatever reason, I remember. I remember just kind of recently getting the boat or the little sail thing. And oh, really? Yeah, and I remember. Yeah, when I was getting that, and I, like something around there is where I was just like, I remember just like it took so long to fucking make the boat go, and I was just like, "Oh, fuck this!" <laughs> oh my gosh, the boat's so. Oh man. Anyway, I my in, in terms of my daughter. That sounds like a skill issue. I'm going to say it again. Um, <laughs> but the, like, so I put it aside. But the other day, I heard about this this next-gen upgrade. And I was kind of like, all right, you know, I'll just check it out just because. Like, I wanted to finish the game. I knew I was close anyway because of that last scene that I'd gotten. And I popped it in, man. And, oh, my gosh. Like, granted, it's been a while since I've played the game. So, you know. But I still remember what it looked like. And putting it in now so much more beautiful they added some extra stuff like some extra armor and things which are, are really just cosmetics based on uh the show but that's cool it's stuff i didn't ask for i didn't pay for it they gave me extra stuff i, lo- I love extra stuff give me free all the time um but that com- <laughs> that combined with just the much more beautiful um just the scenery and not just that like Garal can do more things now like i'm pretty sure i couldn't jump freely before and like climb before and just do things. I'm pretty sure I have more mobility now, so I, I'm like almost certain that they added more there because I can I can go places I was struggling to get to before. Regardless, because of those changes and just realizing, oh, I'm at the end, but let me just grab a couple of these Witcher contracts just to get myself back into playing before I kind of go and do something difficult. And it, it's fun. I'm, I'm gonna be there for a while. I will grant you, like, yeah, I, I, I did some. Wait, so are you telling me that they remastered it and you were able to pick up where you left off, or you had to start over again, right? No, I'm picking up where I left off. Yeah. So they just remaster the existing game, and your saved game can you can yeah. pick up there? Yeah. They were just like I, I plugged in my I put it and I have the disc. Like I don't have many discs. I do everything almost digitally now. But this I so I put my disc in and it was like. We have a next generation update for free, upgrade for free. Would you like that? I was like, sure. And they just, yeah, all of that. So I picked up my, yeah, everything. That's why I'm like, shit, yeah, let me finish with this beautiful game and, you know, actually go through the finish line here. 
uh, <laughs> I don't have my PS3 anymore. But <laughs> actually, I'm selling my PS4 right now. It's literally listed on eBay as we speak with the PSVR and all that shit. I figured now is probably the the last opportunity with the PSVR five coming out that I'll be mm. able to get any money at Anything all for this thing. For that. Yeah, so I fucking dumped it all on there. Like it's kind of sad to look at, like Skyrim VR, fucking all the shit that's on there. Mm. Uh, I that's I got a ton of <laughs> ton of discs for that too. Like, I mean, that was probably the last thing that you're buying that I was buying discs for. Well, I don't know. I got a bunch of physicals, uh, Switch games too. Yeah. Amy likes to, likes to buy the actual physicals. And she gets gifts. Nice, nice. Outside of that uh minecraft <laughs> funny enough like you know it's it started with a christmas build challenge so we as part of our christmas this year we wanted the kids to each plan like a day that they wanted to do family activities and one of my son's activities was we we're going to do a family minecraft build challenge like we we're just going to start a flat world make it plain and just like all right it, it, it was going to be like everybody build something and then we're going to vote who's we like um, after like a certain amount of time and what it, because everybody had so much fun, we were like, yeah, we're not going to vote. We're just going to keep playing this game. So now we just continue to build on this and build on this because everybody did such different ideas. And so for me, I, it resulted in me nerding out and building like an underwater lab slash livable structure for days. I, I was just like, you know, what, what can I do this different? I'm always building towers and stuff up in the sky and things like that. And I was like, what can I do this different? And so I was like, let me just go in the water, build a structure, and then see if I can, like, sponge out all the water and just make it a, a pure underwater, like, just, at first I just wanted to do, like, a lab and see if it was possible. So I built one room, and I was like, this is cool, and then I built onto it, built onto it, and now I have this, like, huge and ever-expanding place, and I'm like, should I just make, like, a huge underwater Atlantis type of thing? Like, now I'm just like, so basically I'm nerding out. On Minecraft, which is not something I thought I would do. I like it, but it's always a game that I just play with the kids. And now I'm kind of sucked in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that with the whole fucking group of people, family or otherwise, there's probably a lot of fun to be had with that. The level of, yeah, I don't know, creativity, customizability, whatever. Um, yeah, man. That. I, uh, I had to upload it to my realm so that I could call Jesse and t- tell him because he plays. He was like, hey, jump on this realm and check out my, my underwater build and add to it. So, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, the classic problem of so many good games. It's like, which one of these do I want to play right now? Like, I could easily jump into Minecraft with the, with the family. I could easily jump back into, like, Final Fantasy and just ignore everybody. It's just like, there's only so little time. Only so much time in the day. Yeah, you're... you're uh... Um, what's the word for that? Uh, attention deficit. It's not, it's, it's stresses me out. Listen to all those. I can't have a million quests going on. I can't be doing a bunch <laughs> of shit. There's just no way. Gotta, like, if I'm, if I'm playing like a narrative driven game, like that's the narrative driven game I'm playing. I'm not jumping between those. <laughs> well, that's a, well, that's the thing though. Like Minecraft, I'm just building stuff like ESO. I'm not playing quests anymore. Like I'm really just doing PVP stuff, like creating new builds for like player versus player stuff, and like trials. Just doing like a trial together with a team on like two nights a week, like seeing if we can get. The, you know what I mean? Like it's very focused, concentrated. There's no. So really, the only thing I'm doing questing on is like our side quest, and then like The Witcher Three. You know. So I I agree. I definitely can't do multiple of those at the same time. It's like, which one? Like when I finished Jedi Fallen Order, I was very excited about that because I was like, all right, that one's done. Moving on. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. I've been looking for, I've been trying to think of, or not think of, trying to find a new like 
big VR narrative driven game. Like I don't have, yeah, mm. I, there's like a bunch of shit I've never finished. I still haven't finished that area man lives. I still haven't finished green hell VR, but like, I've kind of like, you know, like they've, they've, mm. they've both kind of meh, petered out on me as far as my enthusiasm for them. So I'm kind of thinking it's just a done thing. Um, so yeah, so there's something I'm looking for. Something I actually was, was the Rough Talk guys did Iron Man VR. I didn't realize that was on Quest. I assume just because Duh. it's like a, a huge. I, because I heard I assume because it was a, a big Marvel license. That, yeah. that that I mean I heard rumblings about it, but I assumed it was just a fucking PC VR thing, you know, or whatever. What? Yeah, I didn't I didn't assume it would be on Meta or on Quest, and it it, it is I guess, and they yeah they just did a review of it, and it sounds pretty cool. I mean I don't know, like I know. I know I'm going to be it's, it sounds like the mechanic of it is amazing and I'm sure it would be for 40 bucks though the high water mark on there I'm like I know like you know like I know this I'm not I know I'm not going to be happy with the story I know I'm not going to care about it and so I'm a Let little me, I'm a little apprehensive and I and I want to find something more that's you know more fucking in my medieval fantasy yeah. wheelhouse you know and I, there I, there's nothing I've seen recently that's um well, caught my eye, and that's the bottom. I can understand that. I can understand that. But if you were to step outside of the wheelhouse for a second, just take a take a step outside. If you ever, so I have it on PS4 VR, and like I mm. can imagine it being even better on the Quest, not being yeah. tethered to. Oh, they, the, oh, they, yeah, they said. Know. I mean, dude, they said the the oh. the. The mechanic of it is fucking great. <laughs> so I because I, I'll just put it like this: I considered buying that again on the quest just to play it on that one instead and i don't do that on games but i consider that because i'm not like i'm a huge marvel comic books fan but i'm not an iron man fan like i like iron man because of the movies but i don't care about he's not my character but at the same time (laughs) like playing as him in that suit and like flying around like Man, it is so much fun. It's yeah. it's like once you get used to it and like your hands actually have to do that his motion to like fly and it's just it it's addicting and you feel like you're like holy shit I'm up in the air and like flying around and like I can only imagine like I said being untethered and being able to do that. Right. I recommend like if you want to try something different just even if even if you were a kid when you're a kid you ever want to be a superhero and fly around regardless of Iron Man aside, I think it might you might enjoy it. I, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, at least I, I, if it wasn't forty bucks, or I could, if I, if it was on sale when I listened to that review, which would have been a very, I mean, I guess it's relatively new, so Marvel's not gonna fucking fuck off. They don't care. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but <laughs> no. uh, like, if if, if, uh, if that review would have been coordinated with, I mean, honestly, any kind of a sale, if it would have even been ten percent off, probably, it would have been almost impossible, probably, to not mm. buy it. You know, so. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that it'll just hit a sale and that'll that'll catalyze me. But even like I said, even that like that's and like they said it's you know it sounds kind of short too. I mean they said it's you know only a few hours. So even if I do get that, I think I'll be back to fucking to the same place pretty soon. Mm. As far as far as you know the difficulty, yeah, that's true. not particularly difficult, not particularly long. They were saying so. Yeah, I'm still yeah. looking that's for true. something. So yeah, I've been fucking playing the new demio campaign dropped on the 15th so i have been playing you know they added levels they added they changed the ui up entirely like the the whole menu ui and stuff is is redone and and much better so all that's a uh, good quality of life improvement stuff too but the new campaign is is on there of course uh, as well and i ended up actually sorting out so that i mean i told that story of the beta test thing and not being able to get the beta test whatever but they like couldn't figure it out and i ended up actually sorting it out the like the 
the problem was it was I think maybe I said I just figured it out right when we were recording. So I yeah, maybe that I already said that, but you know, I did actually get to play it a little bit before it came out. Unfortunately, like there are other players. They invited obviously a handful of, of people to participate in that beta test. But it was I guess it wasn't enough people for the quick match thing to work and actually get paired with people in games. Like I, I actually asked Amber, I'm like uh, I'm like, is that even possible on there? Because like I mean it's there as an option to quick play and like right. get get auto matched, but I never got matched with anyone. I would so I'd had to do every run solo and like that was cool. I got to see the barbarian, I got to see the maps. I even made it to the fucking boss one time by myself. I mean I got fucking annihilated immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was actually I was able to experience it all. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But without the, you know, the whole fun of that is the collaboration. And yeah, and yeah, stuff. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not particularly fun game alone. So the the preview was cool, but yeah, when it dropped on the 15th and, and actually got able to get in there, fucking it it's so damn good, dude. And the, and the new Barbarian character, so it's set the new thing is it's set in a village so you're like in this hamlet i think that's the appropriate term for this <laughs> first, uh, i don't know exactly what the exact definition of a hamlet is but it, that's what i want to call it <laughs> so you, you have two you have the first two floors are this yeah like very old-timey english looking village and then the third is this throne room of the the elven king and like the whole all five of the existing campaigns have all been built around this one kind of storyline of the Elven King. Like the very first one, Black Sarcophagus, is the Elven Queen that you're battling. The second one, the Rat King. Like these are all domains under the rule or under the whatever umbrella of this Elven King. So essentially, this campaign has wrapped up and concluded this storyline. So mm. the next campaigns or or campaign or set of campaigns or however they choose to do it will be like a whole new realm kind of you know so that's interesting in of itself that this is kind of like the conclusion of these things i've been playing for the last year really cool but so that's one cool aspect of it and then the barbarian the new character is absolute fucking fire dude it's the coolest character hands down and yeah i mean i i've i mean i'm still i'm still every now and like Depends what's going on. Like I'll I'll be the assassin every now and again still, but like Amy and I've been playing the shit out, but she's had all week off basically. I don't think she'd call it all week off, but she basically had all week off. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we've been sitting around. We've been like playing like Demio twice a day now. You know, just also wow, we played we, we played nice. all five campaigns this week. So I've went through every one of the campaigns as the barbarian, and it's just you just there's so many cool features of it, man. Like the. The, the biggest thing probably is that, so he has, his weapon is this hook that you can, you know, it's got a bunch of offensive functions, of course, uh, but you can pull, you, there's all these like pulling mechanics that you can do. So the lamps can now be pulled and collected and they become a card in your inventory. So, you know, those, 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 what? yeah, those lamps are everywhere, you know, so. Any of the boards, even the new one included, of course, but the ret- uh, the the previous four, like those things are everywhere. So that make, it, is, it gives you tools all the time, like and you get to choose. You know, there's the ice, the water, the fire, and the vortex lamps. You get to choose based on your mm. environment, and it's 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 like a level of strategy that is next level because even the mechanic of that you can't you have to wait a turn after you collect it. So like 
you, you, you can't just grab it and throw it. You gotta like, you're like, okay, I'm gonna like, okay, I wanted to get the ice one now because we're going into this area where it'd be nice to be able to freeze, or do I want a vortex and stack it on lamps that are like, are we gonna go into this big area where I'll be able to use a vortex to stack and have that kind of the really chain effect thing that's really cool. Uh, where you get a bunch of lamps to blow up because they all get sucked into and the enemies get sucked mm. in with it. You know, so there's, there's, this, there's a really cool strategy element with that. And then also you can pick up, I mean, you can pull characters. Cause like the, I mean the, the range on it is far as fuck, like 10 or 11 squares. So you are able to pull, like if a character's lagging behind and you want to get them back to the group, you can pull them. You can pull the, like a, a set ballista. You can pull that with you. You know, you can move oh, it. Oh, instead you can of just having it. to leave it there, right? Oh. Exactly. You can move. You can move the torches and like the Rat King. You know, it's just there's so much kind of next level strat. It's funny to me that it's like the mindless pit fighting barbarian character because I think it is the most strategy capable character <laughs> of the the six. You know, so yeah. it's, that's kind of interesting to me and funny, but. And it's a lot of really cool shit we can do. And I mean, his, you know, the some of the offensive stuff he has is unreal. And to be honest, with you, I kind of think he's a little, oh, like, not okay. like, I think he's OP. The, I think they're going to rebalance him. I don't think it's good for the game necessarily as far as the competitive aspect of it goes. Like last night, so we were playing the the desert one last night, which you haven't, you still haven't even played that one, have you? I'm like a desert one? Yeah. Where they're in the desert village thing. Doesn't matter. We were on the boss and. It has this card of Vergara's, what's what's the word that he, Varga's Retribution. So it's this card that it allows you, it's class specific for him, and it allows you to stack attack point, like extra attack power, or extra damage points, I should say. And it's it's a zero action card, so it... You know, you don't, you can just use, if you, like, like the, the problem is you can stack these things. You can get, if, if you collect four or five of these things in your, in your hand, you can use them all at once, no action points consumed. And so, like, you know, you, you, it's an AOE thing. So you, like, use this card, and what you optimally want to do is have a bunch of enemies that are congregated. Like, last night, he was trying, the guy I was playing with that did this tried to get, like, he threw a vortex, and he was trying to, like, collect them all together. And then throw this on them a bunch of times in a row to stack all this extra. And like basically, you suck the a plus two attack buff out of however many enemies you can get in the AOE. So if you have if you can pack in six enemies, you get twelve from the one card play, right? So then that twelve goes above your head, and then you you distribute that as you attack enemies above and beyond whatever your base attack, or if you crit whatever that would be like say you know you hit a, a enemy with 10 hp and you do your your standard base 3 damage it would pull an extra 7 out of your varga assuming you have that collected and kill him on the one hit you know so the problem with that or the 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 real balancing issue with that is so this guy last night stacks like 50 plus of it right in the boss battle right and then we lucked into finding there's if you haven't even played this one this is going to mean anything but there's this particular boss you can he's got two stages to him and the it's like 120 hp or something and for the first 60 hp he stays hidden and he's moving around the room and you're you you're and this is something I think they need to fix too. I think it sucks that you can find this guy. But you can use your pointer and like find him in the dark and find where he is and then go attack him. He, he doesn't have an offensive capability at this stage. He's just moving around, but he's there. And the environment is supposed is really in, 
difficult to deal with. There's these three hiders in the middle of the room and then a shit ton of enemies. So the idea is you're supposed to have to deal with them while you do this little step-by-step thing, this environmental thing, to reveal him. And then you can go attack him. So you can skip that step by just using your pointer and finding him in the dark and then going going and attacking him. And not even dealing with the environment, basically, and going through the going through the process that I think, from a development perspective, they wanted you to have to deal with. So I think they need to fix that because I think that sucks. But anyways, we find this guy. He happens to be right by where we started. So we like just go up there and we just mob him, you know, and trap him in this room so he can't get out because he does, he has to like walk. Literally, he can't teleport or anything unless you like really corner him. So we corner him in this room and we like whittle him down to just from our perception, close to half of his HP. And then we mob him. Like, normally at the halfway point, he, like, all the enemies disappear. He moves out to the middle of the room, and he goes into this crazy berserk thing where he's throwing shit down, and, like, it's, you know, very difficult. He makes clones of himself, and you have to, like, figure out which one is him, or you're attacking dummies. Like, there's this whole thing, you know, which they fucked that up, too, because you can you can kind of cheat on that, too. So there's just a whole bunch of shit I think they need to fix with that boss battle to make it as difficult as it should be. But anyways, we just basically skipped that. We Like, we cornered him in this room, and he went up to him, and with his 50 extra damage, and I had stacked 22 on, because we were both playing Barbarians, so we just killed him, basically, in one turn with our 70 extra damage points that we'd stacked with this this card that, we, that you can use, you know? So it's really cool and fucking awesome, Especially when it's not feeling like you feel like you're fucking ruining the game with it, <laughs> you know. As much fun as it is to just crush something, you know, yeah. it's 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 very useful out in the 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 dealing with the enemies and stuff. Because yeah, you know, you get into those situations where like, you know, you fucking really want that one enemy dead because it's gonna fucking fuck with you know the turn's about to end and shit's about to go haywire if if that thing's still alive and having a few extra damage to deal out is really cool tool. But it sh- it it shouldn't be so easy to stack like insane amounts and dump them on one enemy because that nerfs boss battles, you know, so. So you but think there, maybe there should be a cap or something on the amount that you could stack? Yeah, well, you know, that or maybe, I think maybe the simple solution is that it has action to it, you know, so you can't just mm. use seven of them in one turn, you know, I think it's probably the, is, is maybe what I would do. I don't know. That's not my problem, I guess. But I, I think it sucks the way it is now. <laughs> but very cool character anyways. And, and a lot of fun. And yeah, so yeah, the map is... Um, I kind of talked about the, the way... I mean, that's straightforward enough. But there's you know, there's new enemies. They have this... Each one of the new the campaigns, the last few, have had like a... Like the desert one has the, these water bottles that they've introduced. And like water bottles have... I'm sure I talked about this when this dropped, but, like, the water can, like, get rid of this, like, rage shit that's developing all over the place and enemies can use to their advantage. And also, like, your characters can be turned into this rage state and the water gets rid of that. So there's all these things that this one specific card does to change the gameplay of that particular campaign. In this case, they've introduced this vortex powder that is, like, a mini 3x3 vortex that also doesn't take an action point. So you can, again, kind of stack these and use these to pull enemies and and detonate things and, like, just interact with the environment, which it, 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 it balances well because this is a constantly swarming map. Like, they, there are these new 
they're called elven summoners and they like astronomical HP. They teleport around. It's really hard to corner them and kill them between the HP and the moving around thing. But they, every few turns, they create these portals all over the map that if you don't get rid of, will spawn enemies continuously, you know? So mm. it's, it's oh, like, the yeah, classic portal spawn, right? So yeah, it's <laughs> like, it, it can be, it can, if you let that shit get out of hand and don't stay on top of it, you can get absolutely swarmed on these boards. So having something that's zero action points like that, that can do a little bit of environmental manipulation and maybe kill a few things is really helpful and, and, and works well. The enemies are the, the, the portal spawn enemies come out with half HP than if you were to normally encounter them. So that's they again they're they're balancing that. They're they're making an effort to balance that swarming thing a little bit. And I think I think it's working well on that front. But yeah, like a real you know, again, this new mechanics that just change the way you have to interact with the game, the way you have to think about how you're tackling these problem sets. And like that's, you know, a board game like this that's critical to to keep that not monotonous and right. variable because, you know, it's, I mean, you know, I've, there, I did a few things last night in the game we played. I'm level, you know, so they added new levels. I'm 68 or something now, like <laughs> 70, whatever the fuck level I am. I've played an insane amount of, and I fucked up a bunch of stuff. Like I fucked up a number, a couple things, you know, that I just don't, even after all this play, I still don't know how exactly certain things work. This one lightning scroll, like I fucking uh, stunned a bunch of friendlies, like party members, because I fucking did something stupid with it, you know? So, like, it's just that you can play this game that much and still not have everything down is such a credit to the amount of, I don't know, whatever that they've packed into it, the the amount of, uh, the depth of, of, of that they've made it with, you know, and that's really, really cool, so... Keep bugging. Got to get in there. Got to get. I cannot believe Jab. He's such a cunt. Jab would love it so much. He's such a dumb cunt. <laughs> like I can't believe he's fucking difficult about yeah. downloading. Even the Steam version. Like I said, I think it's the idea that playing it without VR. I think is a huge downgrade. But yeah, it's still fun. And yeah, I mean, this is a fun game regardless. But I think the VR just adds like yeah. so much to it. Yeah. And dude, I, and, and like I actually I didn't realize it, but I've been playing a lot lately and been playing a lot with people and you know you can see the people in the room you're with and there's a lot of people with the the gloves just sit on the edge of the the wooden board or the wooden border around the the board people's gloves are just sitting there on the edge now and like i you know the first few however many day more than a week or however i play with people and i was like what the fuck why, why it's weird that people i don't know how do you do that <laughs> Yeah, how do you yeah. like in between turns? I assumed it was just in between turns. You know, I'm not paying close attention to it. Now, someone mentioned in a game not too long ago we were playing that that's the that's because the VR VC players. Yeah, exactly. VC, VR, their hands don't move. You know, they're doing something on a screen. So, you, so that just means they're a, a Steam player. But that's the, my point being that I see that a lot. So there's a lot of people oh, playing that way. You know, okay. which yeah, it's it's surprising to me that. I, don't know, I guess again, it's a testament to the game because that many people are playing it without the VR component. But yeah, I mean, I would much rather play the VR version. It's so much just the idea of spinning around and being with a is that so mm-hmm. so much cooler. Sometimes you want to zoom in and look like down the corridor like right. you're in it, you yeah. know? Like yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's just so much more immersive, I think, to play that way. Yeah, no, I want to I definitely want to get in there. It's more we got in last night and I was like, oh I definitely want to play. But then by the time we got home, dude, it was like I, I think I texted you at like nine or something. And I was I, I think I passed out trying to watch a show at like 9.45. I was so tired. I, I, I just knew it. I was like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, we were up, I played that till like 11.30, and then I went. I started mapping. 
for Dra- Dra- Dragon Warrior 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, there'll be the boss battle. I'm, of course, not going to spoil that, so people can go in there and fucking yeah. play it. But it's the boss battle for that map is fucking awesome. And it's, it's one of those, like... A bunch of times I've played it, and like you're in there, and like someone will say, like this is the, it's so like this is the easiest one. Like, dude, this is not the easiest one. This fucking boss. Like, if if you catch it right, yes, you can you can really uh, mop his ass up. But if you if there's a lot of variable, there's a lot of variables, and if those variables don't work in your favor, you can get fucked in this thing. So it's like <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's it's. There's a lot of really cool shit that he does, and yeah, it is definitely not easy. Despite when some people are like, I want to fucking slap the shit out of something. Like, shut up. Don't even say that before. Like, <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? You clearly have not played this uh, enough. If you have not had this boss, if you have not had this battle go haywire on you yet, then you have not played the game enough because it, that shit can, the, the, he has these like minion things that can just absolutely ruin what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. So, very cool. Very fucking awesome game. If you're not fucking playing it, get a, fucking oculus and get demio stop ruining your life so played a lot of that and i this past week i talked a little bit about in the chat i think i definitely posted about it but i finally got the right hair at my ass to overcome the obstacle of learning how the fuck to properly set up retroarch on my pc and made the emulating jump to it and well it's you know it's funny like you know, when did you get it? How long ago? And you're talking about how you could get the the box covers and like, dude, yeah, it was like the years. It was first, it was years ago. It was years the ago. The very first time we started podcasting, I was like, uh, and I was on my Pete, my Mac, like, oh, look at RetroArch. This thing is amazing. I have tried to do it briefly. Even that wasn't that long ago. I tried to do it and I couldn't figure out the core shit. I think I talked about this and it was just fucking whatever. And I fucking ended up deleting it and and not getting very far. So. I take the time to do the research, and the extent of the obstacle ended up being a nine-minute YouTube video from an account called Shandell Explains, and this dude did a awesome job of going through the process in a no-bullshit, no-nerd-fluff way that had me running immediately, off and running immediately, you know, and yeah, the link to that's in the show notes if you want to make the jump yourself and haven't done so to this dude's video, but, you know, it's just, it's so pathetic that this, like, incredibly insignificant impediment has been all that stood between where I was at and this quality of life upgrade. <laughs> it's like so much fucking better and easier. And, you know, it, obviously any game you want or any system you want, it's just, I mean, the fact that I could figure the cores out and just literally not understand. Because the RetroArch menu is a lot. So if you don't have someone tell you where things are, you're never going to just, I think, figure it out, you know. So yeah. that was a problem. Knowing where things are and, like, I thought I had to install the cores manually and go find them and put them in and you know i thought that was all like something i had to do and the no, ui there. You just yeah, them. yeah the, <laughs> yeah the ui well they're not in there but you the ui can download and properly install them on its own you know so yeah it's fucking and you have to, you know the only difficulty is choosing which one you want of a systems emulators because obviously each of them have different different features so yeah um, and you can certainly find people who have lists and stuff of which ones to choose. So even that doesn't – you don't really have to take any leaps of faith. So, yeah, so fucking awesome. I, I basically spent an entire Thursday evening and all of a Friday organizing the box art and such for my dis- different system libraries, you know, and getting – the and that actually is – it, it, which is why you see people talking about this because it's, it's not a perfect thing. And if you already have an existing ROM library, unless you want to go out and download, which you can, entire ROM libraries that are going to be full of shit you don't want taking up space yeah. on your computer, you have to go in and make sure the file names of the ROMs perfectly match the file names of the box art. And yeah. that 
is because, you know, most of the ROMs you download, some of them have kind of standardized to this RetroArch naming convention that allows them to match up on their own. But a lot of them don't. So either they, they won't have, because, you know, every ROM has different territory, like regions that it's uh-huh. was released for or in. So sometimes it's U.S. and some ROMs will list U.S. as just a U. Someone will do it as USA. So like just little shit like that will fuck off, fuck up the lining up of of the the art to the game, you know. And you got to go in and fucking tweak all that yourself. So a, a little bit of anal retentive organizing work to do with this, but I kind of enjoy that anyway. So you know, it allowed me to go through and you know, and it the it's so easy and seamless that now like you know I was having trouble with the Turbo Graphics 16 emulator. Now like that's not a problem at all. So every time yeah. going through this issue that we're about to talk about, if we ever get to it, is anytime I see a Turbo Graphics 16 game, I can download it and play it in seconds. You know, and also the RetroArch. Like you don't have to do any controller mapping. It does. It natively understands. I've had to fuck with it a little bit to use the actual controllers. So now when I'm doing the mag, like it kind of changed a little bit of the authenticity thing for me because now I'm using my Xbox controller for everything because every system I open up, it just automatically is mapped and I can just use it. And I, you know, I'd rather be using the NES controller for NES games like I've been doing the Genesis mm-hmm. controller for Genesis games. I like that. You know playing it closer to the real experience and I'll still do that for game episodes, but it's just, it's just so much faster and easier to just have my Xbox controller for every time I'm just burning through a a few games every few, you know, every few minutes, you know? Um, So it's kind of changed the way I approach that. But other than that, it's just a fantastic upgrade. So the big development out of this, other than just changing the way, maybe I do these fucking the ease and, and, and convenience with which I approach, I tackle this podcast is it allows me to do good GameCube emulation now. So I have been on a little bit of a kick. Like, I'm going to go back and fuck with all the games. There's Eternal Darkness, this one I really, I loved. My favorite game on my GameCube. I'll go back and play probably. That Resident Evil Zero, that the second disc was fucked up. I never got to finish oh. that game. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that for sure. But the first thing was Mario Sunshine, which I have not played since I had a game, you know, since I did it for the GameCube. And it's, dude, like, first of all, the it's, you know, we're talking the GameCube is early 2000s, and it's, 64 was 3D too, but this is like the first real 3D system, I think. 64 yeah. was barely 3D. And so, you know, there's just so much shit that has changed for the better, thank God. The camera is so, every five seconds, like, every time I turn it on, because I, I can actually, I'll, I've been piping this to the TV, and I'll sit on the couch and play with my Xbox controller, you know, so like, I'm playing it, like, the way I would play, you know, I'm, the whole the, the whole house knows I'm doing this, you know, it's not like I'm tucked in a corner on my laptop, so like, you know, every time I fire it up, Amy's over there talking to Miyagi, like, how much is he gonna fucking bitch about the camera now, like, because it is every five <laughs> seconds, you're just like, what the fuck, man, like, the camera is so clunky and bad, and like, it's just, it's oh, like, it can't great. even, like, if, if, it, 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 like, it's stuck on the idea of being a physical object in the space, you know what I mean, so if you, like, if it like gets stuck up against something, it won't. You just it's like can't the wall. Like, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't get it out. You have to like literally move your fucking character <laughs> oh. over to a place where the camera would be able to physically get out and see you again. You know, it's just it sucks so bad, dude. It's so fucking bad. And like it will only spin one way. It's like it's not 
Every time I want a movement, I'm moving it the wrong way. It just sucks it's so bad. So frustrating, the camera shit. But it's still a super cute game. Super fun game. The mechanic, I don't know if you remember the mechanic of Mario Sunshine, but the it's, you got that little water backpack. So, like, the whole game is kind of about washing this goop off things hmm. on this island with these native inhabitants that you're kind of... you're going. I think they're going to visit them with Peach or something, and because you show up, some dickheads are pissed off at you, and they start fucking the island up, trying to get you, you know, so you're kind of indebted to them in some way, shape, or form, and you're trying to fix this problem for them. So they give you this water pack to wash this shit off with. So you're spending the whole thing... like It's, just a, it's very different than any other Mario, basically, in that you are using this water to do all kinds mm. of things and like you can use it as a kind of floating jetpack too it just it does all these things that aren't normal control mechanics i think in mario games that make it interesting and different and and really fun so so i yeah. never I, I never heard of this so this is like outside of us playing madden and nba like GameCube was really like the lost generation for me when it comes yeah. to nintendo so like i actually bought a couple weeks ago, it was kind of like my Christmas present to myself. I bought the um, Mario 3D All-Star. So it comes with Mario 64, which I, I don't think I've fully finished, but I owned it. Oh, it's it came, so good. It, came, it comes with so that. Uh, Mario Sunshine, which I've never played, and Mario Galaxy. And my whole point was, like, I've never played those last two Galaxy and Sunshine. So you talking about that, I'm like, wow, I didn't know yeah. it was that I didn't know it was that different, but I will find out soon. Yeah, yeah, fire it up, dude. It's, it's and, and I mean, that's probably... I'm, dumb to not be doing that because i'm sure the quality of life on that has been changed uh to a, for the better so it's probably a whole lot less frustrating than playing on a gamecube emulator too but yeah the, the game is great it's it's really super it's really cute it's, and there's so there's funny things too it's got like this again it's just it, it's it's such a between the technology aspect of it the deficiencies that has and then just the kind of the aesthetic there's like this like i said early 2000s and it's got it's got like a news ticker. Like when you're in the main world, like the hub world, it's mm-hmm. got this like news ticker thing on it. And it's 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 so funny because it it's trying to emulate, I think, I think the idea behind this was it's trying to emulate like popular culture to some degree or, or kind of adhere to or assimilate to or be part of or just kind of be with the times, I guess. And that was when that shit was like – it may be amazing for some people to hear who maybe are, are not as old as us, but news, like, not every screen didn't used to have a ticker on the bottom with information that you had to consume while you also watched something. So, like, like this was, this was like, a, that was when that, I mean, the early 2000s is when that was first starting to happen. We were still in stand. I mean, this, you know, I played this on a fucking 25-inch, that CRT that we played on in New York, mm-hmm. that, a million-pound 25-inch CRT. <laughs> so, like, you know, that did not exist or, or it was relatively new and they, the idea that they put that in the game with like these dumb updates you know while you're playing is it's just so dated and funny you know <laughs> it's it's so funny to me that that's in there and like uh, yeah just, there's a lot of, yeah it's just it, it, it is a very you feel the time you feel the time specific mm. nature of it while you're playing it for sure between again the technology and just little things like that some of the dialogue too. It's just yeah, it is, it is a very dated game for sure, um, because it has you know it's like obviously eight bit NES Mario is very dated too, but it, 
there's only so much they can there's only so much of the dating that they can pack into that you know right. like this it this this is a gigabyte like that's the problem with gamecube games actually downloading them there's a gigabyte to download like, they're fucking cds so you know the, the downloading them is fucking they're 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 space intensive and takes time to download them so you can't just like it doesn't just you know it's not the kind of system where you're just going to be like oh the fucking pull this down and play it for five seconds. No, fuck that. Like, you're going to make a decision to download this and, <laughs> and play it, you know? So, uh, you know, it, it's so it, it's big enough to be able to pack more of the the footprint of the developer in the game, you know, or the developer's intent. And I think, it, yeah, it goes far beyond even that, again, of the 64. The 64 could barely do that, I think. Uh, right. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a very, a very funny experience. I'm enjoying it, but it's going to be frustrating and funny, too, at times. So, last thing. Uh, if we're ever going to get out of this section, I want to talk about is I got Amy Vermillion for the Oculus for Christmas, and this is the a VR painting app that is very uh, VR I mean, painting. It's, yeah, it's like I mean five stars. It's just it's it's there's no question that actual professional artists were consulted to develop this or participated in. It's like a level of perfection of in a VR space emulating painting in real life like they there's uh, it's just there's just so much tender loving care uh, clearly shown to make this like real painting without the mess <laughs> and, so yeah it's got i mean it's got it's, of course has a cool social multiplayer mode too where you can paint in the same space you know so that was the idea i got it for her uh, and then i got it for myself too so for something for us to do together and it's yeah it's just wild how much control you have over what you're doing and how it translates to what goes onto the canvas like you can change how you hold the brush. You can like hold the low trigger and change the way your hand is holding the brush. So there's just again, just every level of manipulation that you could want, and maybe if you're not a painter, would even know you wanted. But right. it's it's in there, you know. And if wow. you're like, so if you're like pressing the brush, you know, you have the palette, you press the brush, and, like, how much paint you're getting on the brush is dependent on the way and pressure with which you're pushing the brush into the palette. And then on the canvas itself, you know, I'm sure I'm not using the per maybe proper vernacular because I am not a painter by any length, but, like, the way you push, if you had a brush, like one of those little pointy ones with just, you know, mm -hmm. however many bristles would be on a tiny brush like that. 40 bristles, say, 30 bristles, however many it would be. When you push it just a little bit, you would just put a little dot of paint, right? If you were to push it, like this makes you think of the watercolors. I don't know, how, how many how many watercolor brushes did you destroy as a kid where you just, oh you're just you just jamming it down a thing? Because like, when, yeah, because when you learn to have to be careful. Right, yeah, when you jam it into those things and you're trying to fill it up with that shitty watercolor paint, you're oh, like, you're, yeah, exactly, yeah, you're oh. smushing the brush out and fucking the brush out, right? So if you were to do that in this, when you put it on the canvas, the way the paint is applied to the canvas acknowledges that pressure. So, like, the difference between just putting a dot or putting a stroke or just jamming the brush up against it and how that would kind of flare the, the bristles and the way that paint will be left on the on – the, because it's oil paints – and so it's trying to emulate oil painting, oil paint mm. physics, I guess. You know, the way that paint will be applied to the canvas is different for every one of those – every minutia step – between those two ends of the spectrum, you know? That's so it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy how much detail they put into it, man. Really wild. Yeah. I mean, if, if Courtney or any of the kids are in a painting, like I 
highly, highly, highly recommend. It's only 20 bucks full price. It was on sale. It's probably, I don't think it's anymore. I think it ended on Christmas, but it was down to 14 a pop uh, when, when I was getting it. They had a sale going on, so they probably will do a sale soon enough soon. But, yeah, really fucking good. And if you like painting, no-brainer. They even have a, a YouTube player in the UI. So if you want to watch Bob Ross episodes or there's really? a, yeah, a, a billion tutorials out there to teach you how to because there is a little bit of a learning curve to I don't know yeah, I don't know how different it is maybe again I don't know shit about painting so maybe it's not as much of a learning curve and if you knew everything about painting maybe you could just walk in there and intuitively do whatever you want and I don't know but some of those you know mixing paints and like there's there's things that like I feel maybe are slight physics differentials between real life and 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 this VR space that you know, tutorials will take you through and explain and the layering of the canvases. There's, you know, some quality of life things too. You can do overlays. So if you go out and get a picture that you want to paint, you can do this kind of trans semi-transparent overlay onto the canvas and you can make that as, you know, as, as opaque as you want or not opaque or rather translucent and change the way that is shown to you and you, well, you want to use that as a guide. And yeah, there's, you can, there's like a ruler you can use. There's so many little features to it that it would be best. I think if you want to get the most out of it to go through a tutorial sequence that someone's doing and, and, and really understand, you know, all the, features of it but really as far as i'm just you know again the the all-encompassing nature of of it providing a true painting experience is really impressive (laughs) really 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 impressive so okay enough bullshitting if we're let's let's get to this before 2023 yeah Ultimate Basketball on the NES, bringing us into this hot Game Pro issue. This is a fucking really hot issue. There's uh, so much going on, man. There's so many games. BTW. So many games. BTW. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so the, yeah, that's it's the September 1990 issue. 395 US dollars, 495 Canadian dollars, 250 UK pounds. If you wanted to score this back in 1990. And rip into these monster hits is the leadoff headline. And this intense 90s aggro shit is captioning an illustration of a livid Tyrannosaurus Rex with both his agape mouth and little baby arms filled with video game controllers and joysticks and peripherals, many of which are swinging from his jaws by their cords. And they bullet point a list of games below that. Some actual hits and some not. Mega Man 3, Dick Tracy... Clax, Afterburner, Eswat, Cosmo Tank, Slime World. And Lork Disciple Tim Brown, who I don't believe is the Heisman winner and Raider Great Wide Receiver, but who knows, had a great point on the Facebook page about they're going with a dinosaur here uh, being so emblematic of being completely out of ideas. Like, can't decide on a cover? Just add dinosaur. <laughs> you know, like, like nothing on this cover. Nothing on this cover has shit to do with dinosaurs. <laughs> There's, no, there's no dinosaur games. There's yeah, no not one in the whole magazine. I get, well, no. Yeah, no. Never mind. Yeah, nothing. Not even an ad, nothing, nowhere. There's no dinosaurs anywhere in these hundred-some pages. So, just hilarious 
marketing decision, you know, it just Josh, it, that's that's marketing one on one. Little boys love dinosaurs yeah. and trucks. Like just and put one right. of those on the car. Yeah, and they're right. They're right. They're right. <laughs> they're right. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh that you you I there you couldn't there's nothing you could show me about a Tyrannosaurus Rex that I wouldn't look at for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean they're one hundred percent right. It's just funny to acknowledge the reality of it or be able to see the reality of it. <laughs> yeah. They also tease the pigskin preview as the number two bullet, and I am down with pigskin. The it reads fall football action with cyberball, TV sports football, and much more. And I was very much looking forward to finding out what the hell TV sports football would be. I'd never heard of that. The last two bullet points are Game Genie, your gameplay will never be the same, and Game Tips by Phone, which of course is 1-900 number prick shit. <laughs> Moving into the rag, we revisit a couple full pages from that bottomless uh, Taito advertising budget, Dungeon Magic and Target Renegade, before getting to a two-pager from Data East for a TurboGrafx title called Bloody Wolf. And I have to talk about this. It's so damn 80s, 90s, testosterone-y. I, I can't not do it, even though I know it's TurboGrafx-16, and that's not what we're here for. But, yeah, the title is written in a fire-ass font across a giant phallic assault rifle bullet that occupies the top third of both pages. There's large white text on black on the first page. It reads, They've kidnapped the president. They've taken hostages. There are battalions of them, and only one of you. Lock and load! <laughs> and then a small blurb of military nonsense below that, which closes out with, you'd better eat a good breakfast. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's so high octane. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, it's, like, just, it's just, I just, I don't know, man. What what happened? What happened between 1990 and, and 2022? Like what, you know, like if someone, I want, I need an algorithm to break down the math of what happened and like list it out to me in order of importance of what got us from this being something that a company wants to put out into the world all to, the time yeah all the time <laughs> to <laughs> all the time. 2022 where that's not the case it's just so interesting to think how far uh, we've come whatever direction it may be <laughs> so different. <laughs> uh, so the TOC and some other advertisements follow that. A couple notables in that fodder I thought worth talking about. There's an acclaim ad for War on Drugs propaganda bullshit narc. And this ad is dope as fuck. It's all black with a part of the page ripped out, revealing a bunch of cool screenshot imagery. Speaking of 1990 marketing tropes, like the ripped magazine page, you know, with showing what's below it is, is, is a very common to see thing. And the... I would say... And a great ad for a shit game is very emblematic of a company known mostly for their licensing schlock. You know, great advertising, shitty games. <laughs> like good oh, mar- yeah. good for marketing sure. decisions, terrible development decisions. So that's very in line with, with Acclaim's whole shtick at the time. And there's also a two-banger from Vic Tokai in here where they're doing that thing where they try to trick you into making it look like an organic mag feature. Instead of an ad for their shitty games, so oh, I hate yeah. that so yep. much. I hate it too. And they do it. <laughs> there's two of those in here. That that same magic of Shahrazad, uh, whichever whatever company does that, I can't remember. Also, is later in the issue. So there's that shit, and then we get to our letter from the Game Pros, titled "Why Famous Faces on Your Games," and this is interesting to me. Uh, they're usually these are mostly comprised of what's coming the mag, or you know they're heaping self praise unto themselves for some shit they did in it or about it. And this actually goes into a really good explanation, I think, of the inner workings of celebrity endorsements for video games 
how the remuneration works and how the royalties component of that might incentivize said celebrity to really hustle on marketing the game beyond mm-hmm. just signing the contract and cashing the checks, you know. And I think that's a really smart and interesting thing that, you know, kind of, you know, shows a little bit behind the curtain of of what was just starting to become a thing. Like Genesis right. was just the first one. I mean, you know, Nintendo had Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, they had some licenses on some of those games, but Genesis is the one that's really pushing this as a, as, a, as like a, a hard yeah a, a big part of their marketing campaign for this new system. So very topical of them, I think. And yeah, they mentioned it's mostly sports figures that are getting these licenses, but they also speak in depth to Michael Jackson and how involved and invested in Moonwalker yeah. he was, which which you know, we've course, talked about. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, we t- we talked about it a bunch with the Sega Challenge issues. That's covered pretty pretty heavily in there back when he that was like the developmental stage of that game long before it came out and then of course we did the game episode where this was something we talked about too so yeah that was also very interesting to me to see that here and that they wanted to again just kind of again just yeah just pulling the curtain out showing kids something that they might not have thought about and just kind of the reality of it you know and that's good journalism which is not always present in video game magazines particularly at this time (laughs) i I agree like things like that which are that's kind of like one of those behind the curtain things like you didn't know about like i was i was very excited reading that like oh i I was surprised that they laid it out like yep some people just sign their name cash the checks and that's all it is and other people were really freaking involved it's like yeah and and here's why (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah very good Following that is a new full pager for a video game hardware cleaning kit from one Los Angeles-based Naki Industries. And this is a cool ad that is modeled as a comic strip, which, yes, is way cooler than a fake mag feature like Vic Tokai is doing. Yes. And is 100% ripping off the Adventures of Game Pro. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah, down to the art style being very similar, like everything. It's like, so yeah, I almost, you know, this is in a Game Pro issue, so you almost have to think that that was... By design, and oh, it had to be because yeah. you're reading this. I read this like, all right, like, oh yeah, for sure. You see the little print that says advertising, but but I fully just right. read the whole thing. Like, oh okay, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, good advertising. But yeah, <laughs> this is also very interesting to me. Well, uh, first of all, I mean, what it is? Yeah, it's a couple the, the, the comic strip. It's a couple kids playing a game. They're about to beat it, and the game goes wonky on screen. Like Fritz is out. You know, like when you're. Fucking power button starts blinking at NES for no reason, you know, or your brother jumps on the other side of the room and it, whatever, you know. So they're blaming this on the game or the system being dirty uh, for all intents and purposes. And then mm-hmm. some outfit, the the video game uh, antagonist or the comic strip antagonist, rather, called the Revered Video Game Overseers is monitoring the situation and sends out one of their agents. I guess that would be the, not it's not the antagonist, it's like the... It's 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 the the good guy mentor character is is what this stands in as. But they send out one of their agents, the Eliminator, to stuff this thing into their NES and clean it out. This product, and then the kids can then proceed with their video gaming. No mention is made that their progress would have been lost in this situation, and they'd still be pissed as fuck. They act like this just like resets everything. They're fine, you know. Which <laughs> sure. <Of course>. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so this is interesting to me because I had this, this exact thing, the NES one specifically, though they offer models for every system on the market at the time. So it's got a pink plastic thing that's modeled off a cartridge of the system with a handle on it. So the idea is that you can stick this into your NES and then pull it back out, and it's, like, inside the 
inside this piece of plastic where the ROM board contacts would be was a little rubber strip that would go into the female side of the connection and clean out those contacts contacts rather in the system. So it's got that to clean the system. And then it also had a bottle of rubbing alcohol and these three little pink plastic brushes that you could drop some of the alcohol on and rub the cart contacts to clean with instead of just blowing your spit on them as a manner of cleaning, <laughs> which is what most kids did. So I, yeah, I have memories of keeping these brushes forever, dude. I, I remember using them through both my Genesis and N64 phases. I kept this thing for so long that, or these things, like obviously wow. the NES cleaner got thrown out or whatever when I sold my NES to Gaming Exchange like a fucking moron. So that part of it obviously became antiquated. But yeah, this these cartridge cleaner things, I kept these forever, man, and used them forever. And it was just, yeah, seeing this in here was just a really cool nostalgia memory to, to be jarred by the issue. And it's what keeps me returning to the well and recording this podcast, bro. It was so good. <laughs> it was such good nice. nostalgia shit, yeah. Nice, really dude. Cool. I I looked at this and I'm like, I don't know if I had this specific thing, but I had something yeah. like this. I had every some every type kid, of like yeah, every clean, kid had some of clean these, yeah. your NES situation. But I immediately was like, it, it gave me nostalgia vibes. And I'm like, I don't know if I had this one, but if I didn't have this one, I had something yeah. like it. For yeah, sure. and it's you know, it, it, I think this is a deep analysis, but deep psychological analysis. But the you know, what else? Does a seven or eight year old kid give a fuck about the long term well being of nothing? Everything right. is just in the moment, immediacy. I don't give a fuck what happens to this. I'm having fun right now. Yep. Not an NES though. This well, you better. This thing was expensive. <laughs> I had to work hard as fuck to get this into my bedroom. I understand that it is a level of technology I do not fully understand. <laughs> you know, so I'm gonna do everything. I can to preserve it and keep it running smoothly. And I'm going to listen to my parents when they tell me to fucking take care of it. Like, this is very important. And, like, the idea of a small child both wanting and keeping this cleaning tool for this very important part of their life is a really, I don't know, something. You know, it's very interesting psychological, child psychology thing, you know, that is is really funny. Mom and dad are not buying me a second into (laughs) that. If I fuck this up, it's it. I'm just ass out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I'm fucking minding my P's and Q's of this shit for sure. Yeah. Very, very good. The Hudson Soft Zezzy's two-banger gets us from there to the mail. And there's, in line with everything else about this issue, there's some good mail in here. The first one is a 16-year-old in Clarksville, Tennessee, Will Jackson, that's fully abreast of video game hardware releases on the horizon and wants to know whether they're going to publish Game Genie codes in the mag. And this is a really cool idea and truly something that would give them a competitive advantage over Nintendo Power. You know those pricks at Nintendo are not going to acknowledge any unlicensed peripheral, and we'll get to that in, in more depth later in the feature for the Game Genie, but... You know, that would be something that they could do with GamePro here that would, I mean, kids would eat that shit up. Like having original Game Genie codes, particularly ones that would maybe wouldn't be in the thing that came with it. And like Game Genie would go down the line, would release like updates and shit. But again, this is pre-internet. You can't, yeah. you, you, kids not getting them. You might not <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah just... you're not even, you're not even going to know it exists, let alone actually getting your hands on it. So, you know, that really cool thing that they could have done here. And then the editor just says, like, he doesn't, you know, whatever. They, they, they neither confirm or deny codes in the future, but they just say that they're covering the the genie and cutting edge in this month. So, Dude, you can know. you imagine if something like that happened now? Like, it would just be, like, 
push to everybody Discord. Oh, me. You know yeah. what I mean? You'd have it immediately, and everybody would be like, yep. Exactly. I'm no. playing fucking Demio before it's out. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I can't even, you know, like, and I, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fucking, uh, it's just such a different environment in so many ways. It's funny, uh, though, because, like, the, the Game Genie, when I read this, like, I could understand, you know, Will's point and wanting to see those codes, and we'll obviously dive more into Game Genie later in this episode, but it almost felt like cheating at the same time. Like, when I first heard about it, I was like, that seems oh, like cheap. well, that's and, and they you know, and that you know, yeah, we'll get into that because in the, yeah, they they talk about that and that that's yeah. one of the that was a really yeah, let's just save it till that section because yeah, that was <laughs> I, I when they there's a whole part of that feature where I was like I can't believe they're taking this angle you know yeah. so, that's called a cliffhanger in radio guys <laughs> stick stick around till the next segment we have another snail mail Twitter spat brewing with the second letter from John whatever the fuck his last name is in Horsham PA. And he is planting his political flag on the hot-button issue of whether only high scores should be listed in Pro Challenge or players that simply want to be acknowledged for finishing a game should also be included. And just let it be known, he's pro-finished being present. Doesn't think that those should be uh, discriminated Ooh. against. <laughs> and, and the editor confirms that the magazine's official position on this matter is they are running in favor of, of that position. So if you were wondering how uh, things were going to go with the polls in the video game realm here, come this come next November, that's how we're leaning uh, with, with the game pro lobbyists, guys. <laughs> yeah, just, I just, just, you know, and I know, again, like this is uh, all these things are just, we've covered this a million times about these, but these are just, it's just a tweet. It's now in 2022, this is just a tweet. Someone's saying what's on their mind, but this was the only way to actually enact that in 1990. But, and, and it's just, it, there's just no end to the enjoyment of the idea of how much more work it was to express this opinion to any sort of public forum. And right. I just love, I just love that uh, people wanted to do it, had the time to do it, had the initiative to do it. It's just fucking incredible. <laughs> it's just so, so good, you know, so good. Can you imagine the feeling seeing your letter like, <gasps> oh, yeah. They responded oh, real life. Oh. Yeah, of course, dude. I'm fucking, huh. when I, my, letter, my letter in Wolverine, I'm 41 years old. I've done better things since then, but nothing ever felt as good as that letter being in Wolverine when I was <laughs> 11 or 12 years old. Nothing's ever, ever come close to that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, be, being acknowledged and heard. By something or someone that you revere, you can't, and especially as a child, you can't, right? can't, oh. can't beat that. Can't beat that. Abraham Marcilla in Bell Gardens, California, suggests they implement a rating system for game features, and the editor confirms that will start happening in the next issue, which is cool because I just cooked up this whole, what the fuck is I calling it, power pole? Yes. Infographics with the rating yep. systems from each Nintendo Power. So now I'll be able to start doing those for GamePro as well. And, we can and see, compare. Yeah, mm -hmm. see how the issues stack up against each other as far as quality of, of, of contents. And that's something I certainly look forward to in my anal retent of BB stacking ways. Tony Shinobi Grazies in Queens Village, New York, is writing in to bitch about there being a lull in SMS coverage because, sadly, his parents didn't love him enough to upgrade him to a Genesis yet. And wow, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the editors don't just come right out and tell him that he's living a peasant life, though. Instead, they justify their lack of Master System coverage by claiming Sega hasn't been putting out shit for it. And they qualify this by saying, but, 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 
With the 1990 release of a redesign of the console, the Master System 2, they are trying to prop that release up with some new titles, and that will change here in the mag as well. They'll start, they will cover those as they are released. So, Tony Shinobi, I hope you were able to find the love you were deprived of as a child in your adult life, and that you're doing okay out there. <laughs> and that you get the latest systems when everybody right, Yeah, that you've, that you've got the Genesis. It's, right? uh, the, the, now you have the Genesis. I hope you have now the Genesis and aren't still stuck in the master system, bro. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Yeah, I think, uh, are there even any more, or do we already talk about them all? You, you no, that's I mean? pretty like, much all the good stuff, yeah. Yeah. After that, we have the Hot B Shingen the Ruler ad and a Fire New Bandai ad for their Dragon Spirit port to get us to a rare two-banger iteration of the Cutting Edge Breaking Down Yes, the aforementioned Game Genie from Galoob. And this feature kicks off with a very interesting last-minute layout edition that reads, Newsflash! June 29, 1990. Lewis Galoob Toys, Inc., a South San Francisco-based toy company, today announced it has been enjoined by the U.S. District Court, Northern District of California, from distributing its new... Game Genie Game Video Enhancer to its retail buyers pending the trial of Nintendo of America's complaint seeking a permanent injunction. And they go on to explain that this means the Game Genie will not be in stores anytime soon, is their wording, which is intense wording. Yeah. <laughs> and very uh, prognostic, is that the word? Like, you know, or, uh, like, who? How, how do they know? <laughs> you know, might get thrown out of court tomorrow. How the fuck do they know? But whatever. Uh, either way, insiders, you know, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, situation. Per- perhaps that's that's <laughs> perhaps true, yeah. The either way, Nintendo always trying to suck the fun out of everything. <laughs> Dude, I, I am so fascinated by the game genie, always have been. Like, why was this product allowed to exist at all? Like, that's what I thought as a kid. Like, when I first saw it, I'm like, how is this possible? Like, why is Nintendo allowing it? Clearly, here, like, it makes sense now that they were trying to stop it, but I remember when it first came out, I was like. I'd be kind of mad if I made a game and somebody's like, here, here's how to like, I can't believe, game. Like, I can't you, believe you have an opinion as a child of that day. When I think, that, when I saw that day, I was just like, give it to me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the extent of the, uh, you know, environmental analysis that I did. I was like, what? I need that. Please give it to me. <laughs> Dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had, you know, I got, game genie much later and stuff and you know tried it out and i i love the usage of it like even before when we've podcast in the past from time to time i'll put in a game genie coat if there's one just for fun and see you know what it'll do but it I, I definitely had that thought like i fully had that thought as a kid like how like like why and how it, I'm, I'm just fascinated you know what i mean like yeah. and and how it not only clearly was allowed to be released but became so popular you know it's yeah, and the really, like, how do they come, like, are these codes, and what I also want to know, are these codes that, like, developers, like, there's no way that one person knew all these developed codes within no, games, well, unless well, they're able to, like, hack into them or something, like, how do Oh, this... for sure, yeah, no, of course, no, that's, I mean, my, I guess I've never done any specific research, but I think it's almost, to me, just kind of common, if you have any understanding of programming at all, it's kind of common, you're essentially just changing variables you're, you're changing you know the if, if i wanted to invent a game genie code i think you would just sit down with some understanding of the video game code that you're looking at and you would just go through and you're just changing numbers i mean you know instead of infinity lives you're adding x plus one and some and you know what i mean it's just it's it's literally you're just changing digits 
in game code. Like that that's that's what those those alphanumeric, those eight digit alphanumerics uh-huh. did. They just changed literal code or how the code was interpreted, I should say, which is literally I mean, think about it. Think physically of how it looks. You're taking oh, the yeah. game, you're taking the game, you stick it in this thing, and then this whole thing goes into the game. So you essentially have an intermediary. And the intermediary is literally just changing Switching information that's going from that cartridge into the system, you know, it, it's 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 yeah, it's literally just swapping shit out for new variables and, and just up, upping the code, adding to the co- existing codes. I right. can see that. I, yeah. I I guess like thinking at it from an engineering perspective now, like I could totally see, like, yeah, it totally makes sense now. But as a kid, it was like, what? Ma- yeah, well, magic, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. The thing with me with it is like kids care like did you would you would you watch the show atlanta by chance yeah okay. not, the, not the whole thing but definitely i yeah i fell off when they added the it was great like the first few ep, it took me forever to start watching it the fucking guy at my coffee shop recommended oh, yeah. to me and like you know I've, we've kind of vibed a little bit on movies and stuff so i was like all right and like and like i'd heard to watch it that it's good but tv series are very tough to get me on and like yeah i was looking for something he tipped me over the edge. I started watching. Fucking phenomenal. I loved how. I love when they like the Duplass brothers have this movie that I love so much that does this so perfectly. Safety not guaranteed. Where you literally you, you take oh, an, yeah. yeah, an otherwise normal, like there's nothing, you know, the world that the the story exists in is totally normal and 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 like ours. But there's just one little thing. It's a little fucking weird, you know, and not possible. But it's sold and portrayed in a way that's totally grounded as if it is part of this otherwise totally normal world. And it's that's so cool and such good storytelling. And if you can do that well, it's such an interesting thing to just... Because, you know, I, I, believability to me is crucial for... I struggle with a lot of live action... You know, that's why I can't watch Game of Thrones. Like, fuck off, man. It's like mm-hmm. it, I don't believe any of this, you know? Like, I struggle with that kind of thing. So if you can sell that to me... In a world I can otherwise believe, I can enjoy that, and that's you know that that's good storytelling to me and something I really value. And yeah, they do that. You know, like the, I think it's the very first episode where like the they're waiting for what's her name to 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 get bailed out or be available to be bailed out or whatever the hell it is get processed at at the jail, and they go get chicken from the fucking chicken joint. And the, the funny ass dude from fucking uh, Sorry to Bother You, who I fucking I didn't even know he was in it until I started yeah, watching. Man. I was like, if, if I didn't know he yeah. was in it, I'd have fucking watched this a long time ago. He's fucking <laughs> incredible. But yeah, that's he's I first saw him like uh, ever before yeah. all those movies. I was like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fucking great and so good in the show. But yeah, so they're at the chicken joint and like they get this chicken. It's like this chicken joint is like, well, you know, incredibly highly revered. And he opens the box to eat it and it, it like like a gold light shines out of the box onto his face, you know? And it's like, they don't acknowledge that. It's just, it's it totally, there. yeah, it's just there <laughs> in an otherwise totally normal they're eating situation that, you know, while they're waiting. And it's just, literally, there's like every episode has like a little something like that that's just like a little weird and, and, and funny. And so that's done really well. Anyways, my, my whole fucking point of this being, there's an episode in, I don't know, season two or three where, and again, it's just out of nowhere. There's no reason for it. It's just a, a, a episode that goes back to his childhood. And the they do a whole episode on... One about him getting this knockoff FUBU shirt and another kid at school having a a legit FUBU shirt and how much shit it creates in his life to have that knockoff bootleg one, you know? And like my whole point with this being 
that shit is really important to kids for whatever dumb yeah, reason, dude, you know, yeah. like whether or not something is legit and licensed and the real thing is really important to kids. And there's a thing about the game genie. It's so bootleg. It's so unlicensed. It's so shitty. The, the book has the like strap. The, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The book has like the worst looking art on it ever. It looks bootleg. So that was the thing that fascinated me the most about it. Or, or maybe, maybe that fascinates me most about me wanting it so bad and it being such a big thing when we were kids because it was so bootleg. But it was still incredibly desirable. And that is a weird mashup that doesn't really exist with most things from childhood, you know, and I if think you're that bootleg, but you're awesome. I right, give me that awesome, you know, right? Exactly, right. So it's such an interesting thing that is, is I think, a rare bird from that era and us as kids of that era, you know. And that's and that's one of the most fascinating things I think about about fucking game gene. Anyways, back to the magazine. They 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 have a section in here, and this is the part I was saying was really interesting. They have a section titled "You Can't Always Get What You Want," and you know, it, it explains that like, the genie is a powerful tool, no question, but not a cure-all for every gaming problem. In fact, we discover that the genie sometimes causes problems you can't escape. And what in the absolute fuck is this idiot talking about, man? Like, they start citing situations where invincibility put them in no-win states in-game. You know, like, the, the example they used is Mega Man 2 in Wily's Castle. There's a there's a, a place where they ran out of crash bombs in a, in a room where crash bombs needed to be used to advance. And because they couldn't die, because they had the invisibility code in, or invincibility code rather in, they had to hit reset basically. And it's like, yeah, like you're, the device is breaking the fucking video game, you moron. <laughs> like, of course, you're completely nullifying the developer's intent. Of course shit like that is going to happen. It's it, like, But that is not a criticism, you idiot. Like, don't use that then. If you don't want, if you want to have an otherwise perfect gaming experience, like that's not the code for you, man. Well, I, <laughs> you know, I, th I think it's more like like user beware. Like, put in whatever code you want. Of course, and you, you know, might get, you might screw yourself. And I know. bet if we download the fucking book that comes with it in PDF form right now, which I can't believe I haven't done now that I say that out loud, but I bet there's a fucking a page in the beginning that says that. Like, this is use this at your own risk, even from a physical hardware perspective they're probably like this shit might break everything we don't know <laughs> you know like, like if, you, if you land in that pit on the spikes and you can't die you're just stuck in the pit right so but i'm saying i'm saying like they probably have a fucking uh, disclaimer that's like this shit might just break your nintendo we oh, don't I'm know sure. <laughs> you know like sure. they didn't have to they didn't have to adhere to any licensing fucking testing qc bullshit at all, all right. When they were doing this. So, you know, they probably didn't bother with it because that costs money. <laughs> you know, just like, does wild, it work? Wild West. Fucking send it out into the, into the fucking, into the ecosystem, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. This, I just, I, I was sitting there reading this, like, physically angry. Like, fuck you, man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Like, especially for this, I don't know. It's, it's of course, paired with, the, you know, it's not like this is an entirely biased piece or anything. They talk about its, its pros as well. But, you know, the, something like this that's so, like, on the edge of people even being able to understand it let alone whatever you know to go in there and like you and that's i guess that's really the problem that they also didn't understand what they were looking at you know they this has never been nothing like this has ever existed they don't even know how to critique it you know what i mean it's so uh, it's so different and so 
progressively technologically advanced that they literally don't know how to critique it. And I guess that's really what this is and not necessarily a... uh, (laughs) It's not with malice, but yeah, it just fucking really grinding my gears man. reading that section like that's a dumbass criticism that it's like it just it's too crazy you can do too much the shit you can do is just too crazy we don't even we're not even sure it's good how crazy it is <laughs> you know like fuck off man Ugh, it's just a tool yeah they they, they used they, another one they use is mike tyson's punch out as as their not not as a criticism but they use it as their apex gaming achievement example oh yeah you know and i absolutely love that like they they talk about the stamina replenishment code allowed them to last a little longer than usual but that they still end up getting their blocks knocked off by (laughs) fucking i loved reading that and they this made me think they must not know about that four three six three three six one timing and if you haven't yeah if you if you (laughs) haven't listened to our to our commemorative 50th episode on that game i highly recommend going back in the catalog and doing so because yes that was that was me figuring that out and how to beat tyson for the first time in my life and yes uh it's it it they are correct in that being the apex gaming achievement And they also the one other they have another ISOH game app alum Hall of Fame fodder in here. They they mentioned Metal Gear having a code where you can start the game with all weapons and gear right at the beginning, like the entire equipment and weapon screens being full, submenus, and I one hundred percent remember using that and it being <laughs> Jay, I <laughs> I can't explain. I how earth shattering a development that being in my life because I could not that game was so hard. So hard and so opaque and just fucking ah but so fascinating and so engrossing and being able to just get all the shit and not even you know even then i still can't beat the game it's like that's that's what i mean perfect example like even with all that shit i still have no idea how to beat this game but i now get to go into it enjoy it in a way like i'm at the level of someone who could beat the game you know and just be able to experience all the different tools that are available in this crazy ass fucking cool game you know uh was such an a great cool possibility to have open up to me as a child you know so that's i mean this thing is fucking awesome to have any negative criticism of you're an asshole (laughs) total asshole yeah yeah i I, I would put that put that in the put that more in the hey just something to be aware of like it should be couched more in that vein and less of like a cursed yeah right yeah this thing is great. I mean, like I said, every I plan going forward because I forgot to do it at times. But like every time we play a game, I'm looking to see if there's game genie codes. Yeah. You know, like I, I want to see what else, what I can do more with what we're doing here. You know? Yeah, that's a, that's a cool idea. That that wouldn't be a bad section to add to the the opening thing with the, like with the history. You could do that. Add just like game genie tweaks that are possible. Yeah. I would add. I I, I support that uh, addition to the to the fucking. <laughs> The game apps, dude. Let's do it. So there is a newbie full pager splitting cutting edge up that's for their Game Boy Light. And this is significant to me because it's the one Jab had. I sent this in the thread and he didn't, mm. I don't think he even comprehended that it, it was his light. But so I, I can't, the thing with, about this is, like I said, I remember him having it. But looking at this picture of the kid, there's a lot of things about this picture of the kid using it actually that I think are, I found amusing. But I can't see a way in that picture that the damn thing would attach itself to the Game Boy casing. You know, it, it looks like it's just sitting there. You know, there's no side 
um, anything. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing to clamp to the sides, and there's nothing to clamp it to the top, so how's it staying on the fucking Game Boy? And my hypothesis is that that photo of the kid playing was fucking lying, and the light had to be, like, that actual light unit had to be modified to not cover up the cartridge slot, which would, of course, not be ideal from a product perspective. And that's what I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. It went over the, the top and, and kind of stuck on that way, and that's how it clamped to the, the Game Boy unit. I was about to say, I feel like that's what happened. Like, you, it or went into the... I, this might be one I had. Now, this looks kind of familiar. I can't remember now. I can't remember, but that newbie name stuck in my head. So I'm like, well, they made a lot of Game Boy accessories. Yeah, they made cases and oh. shit too. So that that was a popular one that would be tough to avoid the brand name of entirely as a child. But yeah, they. I mean, that that's like the one the light I had, which was not this one. Mine was pretty cool. It was gray. It was bigger, uh, and it slid over the top. And actually. <laughs> dumb enough it slid on the sides the, the the part that held it to the game boy was on the sides but it still covered up the top because <laughs> that's where the batteries went on it you know but it, it had like this little arm that you could move that that like this uh, like a light with an on an arm so you could kind of position it however you wanted which was really fucking cool but yeah that thing had to be taken off entirely to change the cartridge you couldn't change games with that on this on the system so I'm thinking they probably were all like that. Anyways, that's funny. But the other thing funny about that photo, that is one, like, a thousand percent, actually, a photography light being shined on his forehead as a suggestion of light being cast from the Game Boy light because it's so bright. Oh, you know? for sure. I'm yeah. like, there's no way that light. <laughs> <is> that <laughs> yeah, like, his face yeah. like, that's bright AF, yeah. dude. Yeah, like, the, the Game Boy light, uh, this one specifically, it's like a little tiny light that's on the left side of the thing that, like, overlays the screen. Like, it doesn't even face out towards your face at all, you know? And there's just no way that any light whatsoever could make it onto your face as a kid. No, I mean, if you geez. were in if you were in pitch a pitch black room, maybe a little bit of light would illuminate your face, but the way it's portrayed in this this photo is just like that it's like a goddamn sun in front of his face, you know? <laughs> like it's fucking it's so funny. Such a um, bad photography decision, I guess. Or, you know, it probably, it, actually, knowing, again, having been on, in those situations, what that actually is, is the fucking brand reps in the room with the photographer. The photographer wants to light it in a normal, sensible way. And the fucking, the brand rep, the marketing exec that's in the room fucking giving their dumbass, bad, creative fucking recommendations. They're like, no, it's got to, we want it to be bright. And he's like, that's not natural, though. And the guy's like, oh, shut up, care. it's fine. Shut up, it's fine. <laughs> You know, fucking idiot. Because otherwise they show them and there's no light. They're like, yeah, you can't see their light. I'm sure, I'm sure they took the shot and they're like, his face is dark. We can't. We can't <laughs> yeah, it doesn't us. work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Right, yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah, man. I'm looking at I'm looking at the details, like 3D pics of this newbie light that I found. I think this might be the one I had because like this, it looks because the magnifier, like they're not showing it here, but like there's a magnifier Oh, yeah, the screen magnifier. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, and right, I'm like, right. I had the magnifying part as well and i'm like this is definitely the one i had definitely the one i had oh and do you remember if you could take games out while i was on the thing <laughs> um, pretty sure you had to take it off yeah sure it <laughs> that sounds makes sense to me there is a two-page spread for the atari lynx handheld dropped in between a quick shot uh python joystick ad and the no uh, no geographical info and thereby useless pro challenge high scores segment and that extreme close-up shot of the cartridges for the links and that two-page spread really makes me want to collect them, even though I don't have a links. <laughs> like, like, yeah. What what is wrong with me and my diskette fetish? It's insane. <laughs> Dude, I, I 
There's nothing wrong with that, first of all. Disc gets <laughs> I, I saw one in a game I was playing in the last couple of days, and I was like, Discuits, look at that. <laughs> but no, man, I, I look at this ad, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's interesting how the warm and fuzzy feelings are brought on to me by seeing this ad. And I did not own a Lynx. Like we've talked about this, like just, I still, it just wanting me. it. Yeah. Deer, I still, in, I still want and sparks it. nostalgia. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're a grown ass man. Now you can make these things happen. <laughs> True story. Yep. Don't, don't, uh, you only live once and you only live so long. <laughs> if that's the key to happiness and you're not going to know till you get there, but it's dumb if you have the means by which to try it and not see if it, if it works. <laughs> After that, we get two awesome full pagers coming at us from Sunsoft, uh, Sunsoft Joint rather for the August release Journey to Silius, and an Enix ad for dun, 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 our current side quest venture, Dragon Warrior Two. Dragon Warrior is just the key art with a few screenshots, a banner in the top right calling it the number one RPG in Japan, and a coming soon text real big down below and yeah they knew that they didn't need to pitch any hardcore woo for this there's you know like there's no there's no bullshit like spinning any yarn They're like nope dragon <laughs> warrior 2 is here see you fucking toys r us <laughs> so yeah it's, uh, i love the confidence there can't can confirm that that strategy is a great strategy right and the silliest ad is also pretty cool the game box sitting amidst some urban rubble rebar and concrete what have you the headline reads, We dare you to make the journey. In the ruins of Silius, intergalactic terrorists are waiting for you. And they have a, a little mail-in form you can clip to sign up for their free newsletter, the Sunsoft Game Time News. And I'll be right back. I just have to go steal an envelope and a stamp from my parents, and then we can get back to the podcast. We yeah, we haven't fucked with this yet, this game, and Sunsoft tends to be straight fire on NES, so I did fire this up. And footnote, this is where I got the retro arch itch. I li- Dude, I, I was going to, this is the first game I'm firing up for the episode, right? So I go to fire it up on Nestopia and just something, I don't know, man. I don't have an explanation for it. I just like, I went to fire it up on, on Nestopia, like just the standalone Nestopia. And I stopped. I just, I didn't even start playing the game. I, I opened Nestopia. I started the game. And for some reason... I stopped doing that and just went and got a retro arch. I have no explanation for how that chain of events worked in my mind, but that's how that's this is when it happened and that's how it happened. So, thanks to thanks to Sunsoft and Journey of Silius for for improving my life in that way. Um, so yeah, so I, I assume you gave this a whirl, yeah. I did, I did. It's, I mean, when I looked at this ad, I like the ad, I like the colors. Like anytime you give me blue background stuff like that, I'm you know it, it was enough. And again, it's Sunsoft. Well, like, I was like, let the me rubble, check it out. The dystopian, look yeah, to it. like like what's happening here. It, um, it, you know, you know, I, what I think of, and I have, you know, it's a jump to assume. I look at this and I think to myself, the creatives in the room, setting up this little thing, are trying to channel the, the scenes in Terminator Two where they go back to the, where the Terminators mm. have won. The Terminators have won. That environment where the Terminators have won is what that is is from and to me. <laughs> I can see that. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Yeah, it's uh you know, this game it's simple to me. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's also nothing that stands out about it. Like I like th- this is this game meets the rental standard. You know, mom rented it for me. I'm playing it. I'm fine with it. You know, I'll play it all the way through, but I probably won't remember it later. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I have no problem with it going back to the store on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, mom. Like, I'm glad you gave me something to play. Like, I'm, but 
I'm, I'm good. Yeah, don't put this on the list for my birthday. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, the opening story setup slideshow had both schematics and diskettes, and I almost yes. passed, I almost passed yes. the fuck out during that. Uh, <laughs> I almost so, texted you immediately. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it had my attention from the jump. And, you know, it's Sunsoft, too, so the pixel art, it looks fucking great. The backgrounds on the first stage looked fucking awesome. The music is fantastic. Like, it's Sunsoft, so all those, like, base building blocks for a good game are there, but the mm-hmm. game itself is, yes, just a shitty action shooter platformer and meh you know so a little bit of a bummer and kind of surprised i guess because sunsoft has not steered us wrong too many times in the nes era but this is one that i think fell a little flat unfortunately yeah i don't know at, at this point it's almost like until we get to maybe i don't know like honestly mid 90s i feel like there should be few gems that kind of jump out you know, there, there will always be games that, at least for me personally, there will always be games that I never got to play that were like, oh, I never played that one. Let, let's play that. But there, there, should, there shouldn't be too many surprises. So sure, like right now. yeah. Your, your expectations are low? Okay. Yeah. But I'm we'll bet, see. I mean, there's yeah. all, I'm happy to be surprised. Yeah. I do. I mean, I have surprises in this issue. Things are coming <laughs> up that I am, I am fucking fired up about. Like I said, this is a great issue. Dude. There are, I'm, I'm, this, I think, will be the hardest game app chat that we've had in a while i think because they're mm. i have like i can't even choose between the ones i want you know and like maybe they'll be maybe they'll be similar or maybe even exactly the same and you know our conversation is not between what we both want but just how we decide between these choices but yeah i mean this this is a lot of good games in here that i, I, I would be I, shocked that i did not know about. overlap though i would be shocked really? yeah this is this is crazy for me i'm like i don't even know what to choose like there's Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. How did the arcades is next? And they're featuring two Sega perspective flying shooters that have sit-down cockpit designs that are really decked out from just, you know, the the cabinet design perspective. There is G-Lock Air Battle, a jet fighter design with hydraulics that are synced with the pitch and roll of movements in-game. And then Galaxy Force is a space flight sim that both spins 335 degrees left and right, like from the top you know, spins, and then also has a 30-degree tilt of the platform to match the gameplay pitch and roll, you know? So I'm sure both are dope, but I've never seen them in the wild or, or fuck with them, you know? Yeah, they don't sound familiar to me at all. I looked at these, like, I I mean, obviously there were <clears> these, I love the big games like this, but neither one of these. Yeah, and, and the other thing, the real thing, I like, these kind of cabinets, I'm sure were expensive as fuck. Oh, and would, yeah. Yeah, and would only be in probably more dedicated arcade spaces like most of the places that i actually got to play arcade games in as a kid were either bars or fucking you know at a pizza joint or campus video the rental place we had you know i did not have we, we talked about like i, I didn't Aladdin's get, castles right i didn't get to go to those so there weren't many chances i would have had to experience the cutting edge cabinets you know which would have been in more yeah, I, I question even whether Aladdin's Castle at the fucking Illyria Mall would have had something like this because it is so, you know, again, those are probably so expensive and and yeah. brand new cabinets were probably not something they were looking to invest in. They're trying to find the cheap, like, it's a, it's a corporation, so they're trying to fucking find the cheapest possible way to populate these spaces and still attract kids, <laughs> you know. Well, that's on Sega to, to freaking sell it. Like, you will make more money from right. this machine. You sure, know? sure, sure, sure. Yet another Game Boy Puzzler, 
Setas, Setas, Cubillion gets us into this month's installment of Francis Miles' The Adventures of Game Pro, featuring SMS joint Psycho Fox. An interesting abnormality here is at the top, they're trying to collect some survey data about this burgeoning mm. IP they have on their hands. And they're asking what aspects of a kid's like, what they'd like to see more of, whether a one-off character or continuing story structure is better, et cetera, et cetera. So they're doing kind of focus group shit. And they're also asking capitalistic things like, would you pester your parents to buy you comic books or watch a cartoon on TV of this IP? And yeah, that's funny to me that they're just trying to see whether, you know... How's this doing? <laughs> Can we monetize this a little more, a little better? Yeah, that's, that's funny. You don't you don't see that on every right every one of these. It's like and, they go from wanting to make wanting to get your feedback to make the mag better. To can we make some more money off of you? <laughs> yeah, like. right, right, right. It's the natural transition transition of capitalistic society for sure. In the story, Todd is trying to mansplain the basics, the basic mechanics of Psycho Fox to Psycho Fox, while the badass agent, the Darkling fuckers, dispatched last issue is closing in on them, and it wraps up with Todd and Fox bumping into what I presume is the big baddie in the game, Mad Fox, as our cliffhanger for next month. Uh, we have not played Psycho Fox to completion for a game up yet, that though, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> ImageSoft's Solstice, that's a really hard word to say, ad is paired with a full pager for GamePro's new 1-900 Racket Next, and it's 175 for the first minute, 90 cents each minute thereafter. And they explain it as an automated deal where you punch four-digit codes into a menu system, and each code listed and they list them here in the mag, corresponds with a certain publisher's offerings. And, you know, so, like, do this for the Acclaim games and hear about all their shitty licensed games. Do this for the LJN games and hear about their shitty licensed games. And, you know, it's it's like uh, they explain it, or they, they pitch it as, like, a mashup of both release news and game hints or whatever, you know, so. Whatever. Uh, like, the fact that... This is such a racket. This is such a racket. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. time I see these, it's just ah, oh, just like grosses me out. Like, just yeah. I wonder, I wonder at what point, like, if you did the analytics, like how long people stayed on the phone because they start charging you the minute you you like they pick up the phone. Yeah. So like you gotta like listen to their menu options. Oh. And then I'm assuming then put punch in the code of the thing you want and then get to the game. Like I'm sure it's like you're three minutes in, you've already spent five bucks before you got anywhere. Like yeah. minimum, like for, well, oh dude, well yeah, this just for one that the minute thereafter is ninety oh. cents. Like I, right? I know money's different then, and ninety cents that specificity of ninety cents meant more than it would mean now today between a dollar and ninety cents, whatever. Sure, but it's still funny to me, an obtuse ass number. But yes, I mean I've told the story probably thirty times in this podcast by now. But that one, that whole one nine hundred Spider Man experience for me, like those were, I don't if you. I, we probably never spoke about that specifically, but you're talking about the like the being on the phone and knowing how long and like how much money I've spent, yada yada yada. Like I remember because those were, I, I believe, if I recall correctly, those were supposed to be max three minute calls, and and, and it was a trivia oh. game. So like the more questions you got right, the better the prize that you could win was. So staying on the phone longer was desirable for what I'm going to win. But stay on the phone longer also means I know I'm going to get my ass whooped harder <laughs> yeah. when this phone bill comes. You know? So, like, I remember being on the phone and clock watching, basically, and, like, doing that juggle in my head of how much I'm spending on this particular call and how it's going trivia-wise, you know. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, you are, yes. The answer to your question is yes. The kid doing this knows. 
if at least if they're in a in a family unit that money matters and in turn dad cares, <laughs> uh, you're for sure watching this as a kid and, and paying attention. And yeah, that's that's very funny. And it sucks it, too. Yes, that they put kids in this position. I think. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if, if I had ever had the the balls, which I never did clearly, to to call a nine hundred. 1-900 number like this, I would have had a stopwatch ready to go, like, <laughs> yeah. go. Like, that's I'm sure, I'm sure I did, <laughs> you know? I'm sure I did have some sort of fucking, You're yeah. watching a clock. Yeah, I probably, sure. it probably was one of those fucking stopwatches that hangs around your fucking neck. <laughs> with the yep. fucking, bu- with the big-ass buttons, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for fucking sure. SWAT background music number one theme from the Genesis iteration. And Pro News is first up here, and it spans four pages because they've only given it half of each page, so they can work in a very, very, very cool Splatterhouse ad for TurboGrafx on the bottom half of each page. And it's a bunch of blood splatters on an all-white background for the first two panels. And then the latter two have Splatterhouse is Coming written in blood next to a TurboGrafx-16 logo. And it's just, you know, one of those, like, we know this is cool. We don't need to give you any bullshit. Just like the Dragon Warrior thing, you know? Like, this is, mm-hmm. look how awesome this looks. You like blood. You like something Splatterhouse sounds awesome. Just go buy it. <laughs> you know? That, that tells yeah. you the confidence they have in that title. Like, they're not even, like, even if I've never heard of it, I'm like, that's a lot of real estate. Yeah. What is Splatterhouse, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's funny, too, because looking at this, I at first thought there was something wrong with my magazine. I'm like, is the... <laughs> right, yeah. Why is Pro News cut off? Is, you yeah. know, because there's not, a, like, a border in between yeah. the two. It's just, like, two... It's like the image just jumps in. Yeah. So I was and that, confused and, and that, and that, that I, was. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, is, that is pinnacle advertising where it's so good... That you're interested in, you don't even know why yet. <laughs> I'm like, the page, what am I looking at? Yeah, what is, the, is, this? is the is reality broke or what is this? Yeah, no, yeah, it's very, very good. The pro news contents are conversely very boring. It's mostly just a company by company breakdown from their respective CES booths at the June edition in Chicago. And the end does have a short blurb on the Master System redesign release with a picture of it and some titles they've been told by Sega will be available for it in the coming months. And I always hate the redesigns of the 8x8 and 16-bit systems customarily. That And I think that holds true here for this one as well. It's like I much prefer the more angular OG design. Why did design. they do that? Yeah. Well, because it's cheaper. Why that's why. It's cheaper and it's, you know, new cells. That's why. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why. But, I, yeah. Yeah. That was always weird to me too, because like I like when I when I see this, and sorry to cut you off, but when I see no. this, I see this Master System too. This is not the system I remember. It's not the system when I yeah. see, even though I did not own one. When I see the original design one, I get nostalgia. I played yeah. that one at my cousin's house. Yeah. I've seen that. You know what I mean? I never once saw it in the wild, and I still like it more. Right? <laughs> so it's not it's not nostalgia. <laughs> it just looks cooler than this. This looks like it's a. I don't know, it looks like an answering machine or something. It looks it like does. fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it looks, looks like weird. a little piece of shit. And that's, I mean, yeah, dude, when I see, like, the top-loading NES, the, oh, the NES, too, like, I'm, it's, I'm offended. When someone, I, when I see someone with one, they're dead to me. I'm, you're dead to me. Like, if you have that <laughs> like, in your life, if you don't respect yourself enough to, to, to get a front-loading NES, 
then you clearly, I don't, we, I don't, I shouldn't give you the time of day. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking, you're a goddamn peasant. If you're, like, not, if you're not going to get the original NES and you're going to put that in your life instead. Like, that's insane. Hey, that's insane. Lego <laughs> makes, like, vers- full versions of the original NES. Like, full Lego versions, not the top loader. The original, like oh, you, everybody dude, I mean, knows the original. It's iconic. there are Come yeah on. no. I mean you know NES of course it's oh. so fucking whatever revered. I mean you know you can like there's that toaster one that you can get. You know there's like you, it literally looks like a toaster and you put the NES games in a toaster <laughs> slot. Like sure whatever that's cool. That's that's like creative and interesting whatever. But this yeah that is just a shitty version of the better thing. Like it's yeah it's oh god I. I, I hate that top loading NES so, 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 so much. And, yeah, same with the Genesis. Like, I, I mean, I'm not... The the second Genesis does not fucking, you know, I'm not, I, I do not get physically negative... Rea- I don't I don't get physical negative reactions to it like I do that that original NES redesign, but uh, it's... I would never, like... When I was sure. thinking about buying one, like, get yeah. the fuck out of here that I'm not getting that original one with the fucking slider on it, the, yeah. the, the audio slider and shit. Like, yeah, no way. <laughs> No fucking way. After that comes the fall pigskin preview, and that you know that was teased on the cover, and we get five pages of gridiron gaming action. And Sega of America's Genesis port of Atari coin op stud Cyberball, recent ISOH game up alum, is first up, and they confirm at the top of the feature that it is, as we speculated, the first football game on the Genesis. So that's interesting. Nice. And there are a number of play calling and player upgrade tips in here that all kind of sound like they're teetering on being cheeses to me, but mm. it still would have been nice clubs to have in the bag, I guess, for the, for the season mode if you were playing at one player. The MSRP on that is $49.95, so they're finally getting pricing info from old Sega HQ. That's interesting and a positive. Next is TurboGrafx's first football title as well, CinemaWare's TV Sports Football. And it's so easy to emulate these now that I tried to give this a whirl, but I couldn't find a ROM that fucking worked. And I wasn't going to scour the interwebs for it, unfortunately, but... Um, the the graphics, I mean, look pretty... It looks good. It's like a very big zoomed-in screenshot that they show, and that kind of worries me that I'm not going to be able to see enough of the action to be able to really... Yeah, know what's going on. Like, is it going gonna... to gonna follow the ball to my, and I'm gonna have to quickly switch to the receiver. Right. Yeah. Thing. Like, like bases loaded too. Like the guy hits yeah. the fucking outfield, and you're just like running around out there, hoping <laughs> you're in the right spot until the fucking camera gets there. You know, like kind of that guy. Yeah. I mean, they're showing it here. Like the two screenshots they have of it here. The one doesn't even show the second hash mark when they're on the one sideline. So like, yeah. that's that's a little concerning for the passing game in particular. You know. So. Yeah. Who knows? But the MSRP on this one is sixty one ninety nine, and yet again, man, like the NEC Come and their on. developers just being totally clueless about the pricing expectations in the marketplace at the time. Like that's there's just no hope for the system, dude. This is like sixty one ninety, like perfect example. Like the first fucking football game on the Genesis forty nine ninety five, and twenty percent more than twenty percent more, twenty five percent more to buy the fucking the first one on the. The TurboGrafx 16, like that's just that's bad math, man. It's like bad, yeah, bad your your product has to be like just so so much, superior. Like even then, be, man. Yeah. Even, even then, then, I I think too much of the marketplace is cost conscious. Even yeah. if you are technologically superior, which I think it probably was. I mean, not, yeah. maybe not the Genesis, but certainly over the NES, which is the more dominant 
competitor at the time. Like, no question. Well, not but, that much, though, compared right. with the price. You know, I mean, honestly, even over the NES, even the, yeah, it is 25% better than the NES. No question. You than any so? NES. Yeah. I mean, there's just no question that 16-bit stuff is 25% better than anything the NES can offer me, especially in the sports realm. You know, so, like, I fully believe that that, you know, they might have looked at it from that logical perspective and been like, our product is better. It costs more to develop. The R&D costs are closer to our sell point, point of sale. That you know, like all the things check out, but you got to understand the marketplace and know whether or yeah. not that's going to work. Anyway, your price lands here, yeah. but the market's top is like here. It, yeah, it's just, just not, not going to work out. And they just, yeah, they just did not. They didn't do enough fucking research because <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, when you're in the, the problem is it's not looked at that way. You're standing in an aisle at Toys R Us with your dad. You don't get to explain that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, no, like the fucking. Unless you're gonna have someone there, a grown ass man, explain it to him for me. There's no hope of you winning this argument. <laughs> this, would, this would this would work if if maybe the the demographics of today were back then. Like if people had like the buying. If if the level if people like us who are adults have been gaming like right, we have exactly been. and understanding what the fucking point. product was. Yeah. yeah. And we can look at it and say, yes, I want to play on like, like I would do now. Like I'm hundred percent playing my open world games on an Xbox versus playing on the switch or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Like we can make that decision. They were expecting that to happen. Then the market no, wasn't no there comprehension. Yet. Everybody yeah. was just yeah, not even, it. yeah, not, not even necessarily just the knowledge of the product that comes from that experience, but the emotional relatability. Yes. It, you know, like the connection. All yeah. You're, you're in 1990. Your dad is still thinking you need to get your fucking face out of that TV and go play outside. So you're not a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> You like, know, how so, dare you? Exactly. Yeah, My right, mom yeah. still makes fun of me, <laughs> makes fun of us for playing video games when we're together. And I'm like, mom, you know, I literally like make a living doing this. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. There's no entertainment medium where there is more of a career to be, uh, where, a, where a career is more possible than video games. Like video games are doing way better than it, like, movies, anything, you know, money wise. Yes. Because it's, it's, uh. Yeah, it adds more value, you know, obviously. So, yeah, fucking, yeah, it's a, yeah but that, that was not the case then for sure. Ahead of their did, time. Ahead yeah, of they their did time, not. They did not understand that over at Ole NEC at all. Accolades Mike Ditka's Big Play Football is the last big feature in here, and they don't actually mention which system it is at any point in the copy, and that is, in its, in its own right, a little fishy, I think. <laughs> uh, it's particularly problematic, though, because if you go back and just look at the history of it, it's, it was released on both DOS and Genesis, platforms and i hope that what they show here is not the genesis version because the screenshots look fucking horrendous uh and you know back then pc gaming was like we've talked about this of course everyone knows this but the pc gaming was not up to snuff with console gaming um at the time at all so that would certainly be possible that the dos version would be way shittier than than genesis version Whereas today, they'd be comparable or even better. But anyways, the MSRP is a very Genesis-esque $49.95 here. And I feel like knowing my PC gaming experience at the time, I feel like a $49.95 DOS game would have been insane. That's so, a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing it probably is a Genesis one, which is fucking sad. <laughs> uh, either way, it's not out till 91 on either platform. Yeah. So we thankfully don't have to deal with it now. But 
yeah, a lot of a lot of weird red flags in that in that piece <laughs> there. Bad bad job of again, it's you know, it's probably the fucking developer. Like again, these things. Yeah. Maybe that's all they had at the time. It's like you can have this do- early DOS we got. You know? Yeah. Well, I just mean the, the, the image. The de- image. Yeah, the, well, the develop, yeah, the developer, yeah, I guess maybe yeah, that's kind of the same thing. But yeah, the developers just, in so many cases, you know, they're, they're literally just, a, Game Pro is just a vessel in so many cases for the developers speaking, you know. So if it's bad in the magazine, it's probably developer's fault, not fucking Game Pros, you know, in, in most cases, yeah. I would say. So that's an example of that, I think. There's a little box with a few more games at the end. They highlight Joe Montana Football and Genesis. That's not out until January, though. And that Bo Jackson baseball football combo cart I mentioned actually is here too for the Game Boy. And all the football side of it was very shitty. The baseball version or baseball game in there was much better. And then NES Collection Football with a whole bunch of shit talking about the incessant delays the release has had is here also. And we've already talked about that extensively, of course. Tecmo's customary full pages are interspersed throughout that feature, both the Ninja Guidance are here, Tecmo Wrestling and Tecmo Bowl, and then Bad News Baseball. And there's a banner at the top of the Ninja Guidance one that I don't recall seeing and made me chuckle that reads, The Epic Ninja Quest. <laughs> <laughs> and and anyway, they can work more uses of the word ninja in, you know, I'm on yeah. board, so, so that's fun. Of course. In case you were unsure about what the contents of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were all confused about what Ninja Guidance might be about with that big-ass ninja on the front. Let's hammer it home a little harder. Yeah. The Stimulate Your Mind, Koei add with all their cerebral strategy offerings and that stupid Vic Tokai multi-page spread that we talked about talked about before. Uh, incapped with the creepy Game Boy Light ad with the marionette kid not buckled up in the back of a station <laughs> wagon while their drunk parents speed down the Golden State Thruway at night carry us into the NES Pro Views. And those start with a two-banger on acclaimed shitty NARC port. Terrible, just terrible. We talked about that. MSRP on that is $44.95. Overpriced. Uh, I saw it on the cover, but it still kind of felt like I was being blindsided out, out of fucking nowhere with the next one, which is Capcom's Mega Man 3. Yeah, and, I'm like, is yeah. this out right now? <laughs> right, right, yeah, I said it out loud. I posted it on the fucking, uh, yeah, the, the fucking Facebook page, like, holy fucking new Mega Man's coming out, you know? Like, <laughs> fucking holy shit. Yeah, I feel like, even, yeah, the, the, the cover, I guess, I guess, I guess really what that says to me like the cover doesn't do like basically that dinosaur shouldn't have been there it should have been a fucking mega man dude <laughs> like somebody didn't have the art like you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, somebody right, couldn't yeah. draw it or we're like ah oh, we don't have it this is not yeah. right i don't i don't know what happened somebody dropped the ball dinosaur yeah. yeah they do qualify that this is only a sneak preview of the game that it's not out yet and a full strength pro view is coming next month because this isn't expected to drop until december the internet claims it did happen in november though actually mm. so it will be live. Well, it still won't be live for the next one. Two issues from now. They mention the addition of the dog Rush, and they give an ex- a quick explanation of the story and include screenshots of all eight bosses, which is a very smart and good selling point for the game. The MSRP yeah. is cited as fifty four ninety five, or expected MSRP, I should say. A clear indicator Capcom knows they are bringing the heat with this fucking game. Mm. Yes. Charlie T. Asian, the writer of this piece, says, based on the preliminary version we saw, it's safe to say that Capcom has another smash hit on the way. And we know that now, of course, to be true, but um, I guess it's worth noting that it was glaringly apparent even at a sneak preview prototype stage that that would be the case. So, Yes, sir. An ad for Game Boy Gargoyle's Quest. More well-regarded Capcom output. Gets us to a ProView ad combo from Taxan for Low G-Man. 
And we hit on this in the last Nintendo Power. Not great, Bob. I did clock in here that anti-gravity power-ups can get you to jumping almost two full, two full screens high. And that sounds cool, and I didn't get far enough to see that. But, yeah, the rest of the game just not good enough to get me there. So, what are you going to do? Forty-four ninety-five is the MSRP on that. And Bandai comes at us next with Dick Tracy. The name's Dick Tracy, to be exact. And this, wi- this mild-mannered crime stopper turned NEC cartridge star via Bandai is up to his fedora in trouble. And that's the opening blurb of this piece. And are they just errantly calling this a Turbo Graphics game? There, like that's kind of what that means, right? NEC. That's got to be. But yeah, well, Turbo Graphics does not have a Dick Tracy game, so that's not even a sense. Yeah, they, some, somebody messed up. I think they meant turned NES cartridge star. Yeah, I think that's what they meant. <laughs> Definitely uh, just a typo there. Yep. Spell, spell check on Microsoft Word over there and fucking on, on their <laughs> 1991 PC or 1990 PC. He's not doing a good job. They kind of nail it in the summation blurb what this game kind of, it's the problem, the pros and cons. They, they, they sum it up pretty good, I guess, in the final blurb. They say the action aspects are less than optimal, but the kind of what they're trying to accomplish narratively is, is is pretty good, you know, and that's kind of what I've always said about it. It's it's the action side-scrolling stuff is fucking terrible, but the whole thing of, like, gathering the clues and, like, you keep them in this notepad and you have to go back to headquarters and kind of work through the clues and pick out suspects to, based on the clues you've gathered, you pick the suspect of the different bad characters in the story world to go out and pursue. And each one of them are in a different place that you have to go to. Like, that's really cool game design, I think. The idea of it is a yeah. game design, yeah. Yeah, but the game sucks. But <laughs> you, you give me some 1900s start now. No yeah, thanks. yeah, the IP is bad. Awesome. So every one of these one-page previews has been paired with a full-pager ad from the same company. So I wonder if the pro view of spots are being outright sold to developers and me thinks likely, you know, so like I said, I was just, wondering that I was wondering just, that when just I literal conduit. They're just, yeah, yeah, they're just literal conduits to the developers here. You know, they're totally fucking, you know, and, and it, it's funny because it only feels grimier because they're separate entities like NES and Sega are doing the exact same thing. There's just no intermediary. <laughs> like know, we, but, we know what's going on every, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole goal is to push all the sales of right. all of those things. Right. And they just, oh. they, but they do a better job of masking it because there's no ad also, sure. you know? So, well, well, like I said, we'll see, it'll be interesting to see the ratings once those come into, you know, for comparative games right. that we can. Yeah. That, that'll be really cool too. That's a whole other thing too, to be able to just do, we can pick certain games and just show their the different percentages, I guess, out of the out of the rating systems. You know uh, yeah. how those compare from Nintendo. Yeah, that's that's a really cool little uh, analytics thing to play with as well. In line with that speculation, or the uh, the aforementioned speculation, is a Bandai ad for Frankenstein on the NES, a shitty action platformer where you boringly control someone other than the Frankenstein monster, which <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, there is great pixel art on the intro, though, and great illustration work here in the mag for the ad. And it amuses me how zen the monster looks on this ad. Like, he's abducting a woman, <laughs> you know? Uh, but the expression on his face is like he's fucking meditating or something, you know? And I, I think that's as he carries her away. And, or and asleep. It, it, Looks like right. he could be asleep sleepwalking. <laughs> right, yeah. Like he's not, he's not just carrying her away. He's also being confronted by the, the hero in the game, you know? So he's like... 
you know, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't work. It yeah, doesn't work. It doesn't. I, well, it does <laughs> work. If, it does work if the Frankenstein thinks this guy is a pissant to him. <laughs> Which is probably true. <laughs> yeah. Either way, there's something fun happening in there. My, uh, as I, I posted that ad uh, on the on the socials. My boy Bung from high school, he chimed in on, on the Facebook page <laughs> about how th- it's a real biatch, I guess, on the collecting front, this particular game, this cart. And it's like, it's the, just a, I, uh, I think just a Lucy of it is, is upwards of 200 bucks. He said, uh, just absolutely fuck that. You know, what? No, yeah, it's, no it's so hilarious how there is just no correlation whatsoever for these, for that, for the, the collecting marketplace, I guess, you know, between like, and actually being a good game, and price, there's no correlation. It's it's all right. just just demand and scarcity that that fuel that. Even if the game on the cart is just absolute dog shit, you know, and that's certainly the case in this. The yeah, idea of paying I'm not $200. paying for this at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I told him like, I am so glad I don't have that sickness. You know, he sent me he sent me also just that he'll you know he's like I said, he's hot, hot dude. He has like the last time he quoted his count. You know, out of the 700 something titles, he has well over half of them. I think he's in like 400s, 300s, or 400s maybe. Wow. Maybe even higher now. I don't know. I can't, I can't. I think it's been a while since he gave me a count. But he, you know, he sent me this stack of games, dude. That was like fifteen of them, maybe. You know that he he, he had gotten recently on on one particular uh, outing, and there wasn't a single good game in the stack like that you would actually play. You know, but they were. You know, he's collecting all seven hundred is the goal here. I think so. You know, it doesn't matter if they're good. Wow. He's getting them all. You know, so you know, it's just hilarious that you could go out, spend the whole day. And God knows how much money he spent. You know, maybe not a ton. Maybe he got good deals. Either way, more than they're worth. There's no question about that. You know, like a whole stack of games. And I was like, dude, every one of those games is terrible. He's like, I think Defender of the Crown is okay. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's many games and they're terrible. (laughs) uh, I'm so fucking glad that I don't have that uh, urge to, to collect the actual games like that. Like a a completionist, a completionist view of of collecting games. Because uh, that would be uh, just brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so that is it for NES Pro View action, and we move into Genesis with Sega of America's ESWAT, City Under Siege, a port of their arcade hit by the same name. And the uh, the art behind me is from the title sequence. Very, very cool schematics of the suit that you get in the game. The feature here starts with a really goofy game scenario setup: two cop buddies joking about the one's mech suit. With he's like making Robocop jabs, you know, in, in the in the hypothetical exchange. Mm-hmm. And they mention in here that the first two levels are played out without your mech suit, which you apparently earn going into the third of the eight missions in the game. And I, I want to like that idea, like the narrative development aspect of that. I like that, but I was very TBD about whether that would be good for gameplay fun factor. <laughs> you know, like yeah. not having not having not having the suit. I'm, the suit is obviously the cool part of that game. There's no question. I don't need to play it to know that. And I was worried that, that the start of the game would be shitty as a result. But The closing blurb leads off with, ESWAT is a cut above typical cop in a can, which is a, a phrasing I'd never heard before. Shoot him up, shoot, Yeah, shoot him up adventures. That's that's very fun copy and very creative, I think. I don't know if it's actually – like they, they – they, they pose that as if it's like vernacular of the gaming community, and I don't know if that's true, but either way, it's 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 fun to me. And there is no MSRP for any of these Genesis Pro View titles, so we are back to Sega just can't fucking do it as far as that goes, relaying that information, which is bad. Bad, bad job. But this game dropped on June 1st, 
and I didn't have the ROM, and the screenshots looked unfamiliar to me, so I was thinking I had not dabbled yet, and that was fucking true. So I fired it up, mm. and the yeah, the title sequence is absolute fucking fire. Yeah, those mech suit schematic shit on a mainframe. This Jesus Christ. <laughs> and there is, yeah, really, really fire 90s Genesis music. You had you picked the one for the segment break here. The boss battle theme is really fucking dope as well. <laughs> I get very hardcore Streets of Rage vibes from that. Like, it's very Streets of Ragey to me. Very much. Yeah. Very much. Uh, so, yeah, man, the gameplay is fucking fire, I think, dude. Like, this is a really good game. Did you like this game? So, I want to like it, but it's so, it's so basic. But I, I would also say, you know, it has great colors, as, we, as you just said. It, it has that arcade feel. Ah, on that, top yeah. of, it, it very yeah. much has an arcade, arcade feel. But, but I think both in controls and aesthetically, it yeah, feels yeah, for sure. Like the way like, his the way his arms move, and, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's, it's like it's out. almost yeah. It's like I I kind of want to like it's by saying that I equate arcade controls, especially on a side-scrolling action shooter platformer deal. That means clunky to me, you know. But it works well it works here. here. Yeah, it works here, and it's fun still. And it's weird to me that I can view that as a negative conceptually, but in application it can be a positive. It's weird. It was interesting to me to have that thought while I was playing the game. Yeah, I I will say I did not play it long enough to get the suit. So me, I, I, yeah. I was just like I played the first I stage. Like like I want to like this, but there's got to be more here for me to like. You know what I mean? So I think with the suit, whatever else comes along with that. I would maybe like it more. It's just it, it, it felt basic, yep. you know, from from a gameplay perspective. I, I mean, it, there was enough. I mean, you know, it, it's weird and like it's just the, the easiest, dumbest fucking comparison to draw. But it felt like the good, as opposed to the shitty NES version, the good arcade version of RoboCop. And like, obviously, that's an easy mm. fucking parallel to make because of the suit and blah blah. But that's not it. It's like the feel of it is what I fondly remember the arcade iteration of RoboCop having and feeling like, you know, and I love okay. that fucking game. I've said a million times how I dumped millions of quarters at a bar my mom worked at playing that game. I fucking absolutely love that RoboCop. Uh, and this felt a lot like that to me. And yeah, I mean, even yeah, I didn't get the suit either. I played to the first boss. I didn't even beat the first boss. So you like play the first boss. It's this helicopter. Oh yeah. yeah, I beat it. Yeah. Beat the first okay. boss. Oh, did you? Okay, see, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't beat it. I died. So yeah, I mean... It, it, the control, like, battling that thing that is flying, you know, with, like, these kind of stiff controls was interesting, but it wasn't bad, you know? Even, yeah. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm sure, like you said, I'm, I'm sure the fucking suit totally changes the game on what your offensive firepower capability is, you know? Like, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I 100% think there's a game up in here. I would play this in a fucking heartbeat. I think it seems like a very, very, very good game. And I did not expect that. The cover of this and the name... Cops, uh, I was. I could not have walked into it like, no chance. I, this is good. I almost skipped it. I almost yeah. Skipped it yeah. It. And then I just came back. Like, yeah, I mean, I almost skipped it because I thought I'd. Pl- I assumed I'd played it and hated it. Like it seemed right, like something yeah. that had already been out. You know, because the it's it, the name it seems is very so generic. Yeah, like right, cop exactly. fight. Right, like come on. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, not the case. Very, very, very good. Next pro view for Genesis is a bulldog developed EA released. Populous for the Genesis, a top-down strategy god game, and that was Bulldog's wheelhouse. 
uh, or sorry, Bullfrog, not Bulldog, uh, Bullfrog's Wheelhouse, and they have some titles that really hit home for me in the 90s, dude. They had Powermonger on Genesis, which I really liked and owned, and they also made Dungeon Keeper 2 for PC, which was a fucking incredible fucking game that you, you, uh, it was all, like I said, God-based, so you're kind of just a hand omnipotently manipulating the environment below you, but you controlled a dungeon full of minions and, okay. you know, it was like a builder. So you like built rooms that were specifically geared towards creating a certain type of minion that had a certain type of offensive capability or uh, function in the ecosystem of your dungeon. And like, it was just really cool in tonality. You could like the, the peasant workers, you could slap around, you could slap anyone around actually. And just like, if they weren't doing what you wanted, you could you're, you could take your hand and just slap them, <laughs> like they they would like get their shit together and start doing whatever you wanted to do, you know. So yeah, just a really really cool uh, and, and funly toned game. I talked about before they did a uh, war of the war for the overworld. I think was the name of it. They did like a like the developers of it because EA owns this, so of course you know it's a dead property and you can't get it from EA. EA is a twat about everything. Right. So the 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 people who created it made like a game in the vein of just without the actual IP called War for the Overworld, I think, that mm. I, I ended up buying. They did a, a Kickstarter for it or something a, a few years back, a uh, number of years back now probably. That was really good. Played the shit out of that. So, yeah, really I really like this company. They were standalone at this time, but EA was releasing their games, and eventually they would absorb them and, and actually by the company uh, at one point or another. So very closely aligned, basically EA. So yeah, the, the Genesis games came on like that EA design box that, that was very distinct and different than, uh, and the, the cartridges too, uh, from the other, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if that was technically licensed or not. I think they were, I think they were technically unlicensed, but eventually Sega was more accepting of EA than Nintendo would be even unlicensed deal, you know, so whatever. It's obviously a whole tangent we've talked about, talked about before we don't even get into now. But anyways, this feature explains this as you're controlling a god capable of terraforming the land to make it either more appealing and habitable for your followers or less so and more prone to natural disasters that you are capable of unleashing unto them for the people who are not your followers, you know. The, the the heretics. <laughs> so like this, you know this. I've, I think I mentioned when, when we had a preview of it before, but like this is my kind of game for sure. And you know I loved EA shit too. So like I don't know why it never really got onto my plate as a kid, but I didn't actually play this much. So even like trying it out here, I when I fired it up, like it was experiencing it for kind of the first time uh, or definitely for the first time so that was interesting to me and like i was like i thought like the idea of just terraforming would not be fun you know i didn't i didn't like the sound of it. i think that maybe was part of it too like the idea of you're just like you're you're actually your your core gameplay loop is just raising and lowering land like it's there's not you're not building buildings you're not building anything you're just changing the map you know which is fucking weird you know but it is pretty fucking cool. Like you're like you, it's a little bit Zen in the way all God games are Civ for me now, you know, like you're, you're changing like the, you know, so you're trying to make your land like this flat, easily, uh, uh, built upon place for your followers. But 
the way you kind of attack the bad guys, the main thing is like flooding, using floods to kill them with, basically. But you got, so, you know, like I guess early on, the easy thing to do, the cheese I was reading, is basically you just raise all your land up high enough so the floods aren't going to affect them, and then lower, just raise the water so high that it engulfs and floods the enemies, but your mm. guy, your 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 followers are you know still safe up above. But I guess later in game, there's reasons why that becomes not possible. You know, so yeah, it was just, it was just very interesting and certainly very different than any other god game I'd ever played. So that was very cool. But unfortunately, which is all the problem with all these games in this era on the Genesis, same thing, same reason Power Monger is so fucked up to play, even though I loved it as a kid. It's because the interface is like pulling fucking teeth, dude. It is, <laughs> it's so bad. Did you did you try it? Yes. Oh, man, God, I, so bad. <laughs> the, I, the idea of this, I like it. I love real-time strategy games, sim sim type of games, you know. And so, like, the idea of this, I'm like, okay, let, let's see what we're doing. But I was in there, and the interface, like, wh- like as soon oh, as I looked so. at the interface, I was just like, oh, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah. Like, you can't and even, then, like, and then, it's, you can't even move. It's so bad. Like, even the scrolling, because obviously, how are you going to do it? You only have yeah. one directional input, so, of course... You have to have a cursor controlled. You can't move like it, you, they, they needed to have a button. Then if you held the button and just hit the directional pad, you could that that would have been the solution, Man. I think. And they did not have that though. So yeah, so to move, you literally got to move your dumbass cursor off the map and over to these little arrows to move the thing around. And like it's just so bad, just so I just so couldn't. bad. I, I wanted to like it, but I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm terraforming. It's like, is this all I'm doing? Like I, I was just like, no. Like I, I I like your idea. This is just I can't I can't do yeah. this. Man. Yeah, it had me looking into modernizations I can play on my phone or something, you know, right, almost like, immediately. Like I want to get, I want to play the game, but yeah, you can't. Just, there's just you can a, a 2022 player just can't, just can't, yeah. can't. Yeah. I, I would, I would love to know. I would like to talk to someone that can, you know, right. that like has so much, uh, I don't know, nostalgia, revere, whatever for for games like this of this era, and 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 as a pure enough of a purist that actually enjoys playing on these UIs still, you know, I would love to hear the psychology of how they rationalize it to themselves and put up with the pain in the ass nature of it. You know, I would love to hear that. But yeah, <laughs> not me. The <laughs> the NES ads we've seen, uh, we have seen before, Data East, Battle Chess, and Milton Bradley's Captain Skyhawk, and C- Cabal, Cable, whatever it is, get us to Sega of America finally bringing Afterburner over to the Genesis. And this is one of those games that is like synonymous to early Genesis for me, you know, oh, so, yeah. but I do, but it was again before my era, so I never really fucked with it on the Genesis. And when we had it, we a long time ago, we, we played the SMS version, and, and it's one of those instances on there where the 8-bit processor just could not keep up with what the game speed needs to be for this game to be fun. Like the flying cockpit perspective fly, uh, flight sims, you know? It just mm-hmm. did not work on there at all. So I was excited about this, even though that's not necessarily a genre maybe I'm stoked about. The idea of, again, just playing this kind of, it's like a stalwart Genesis title, early Genesis title that I was excited to fuck with. You have to assume the Genesis could deal with the speed. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was excited. And a really interesting fact to what I actually found about this was it was re- this game was released as Afterburner 2, which is what I had. That was the whole thing. I had this in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Right, I had this in my mind as Afterburner 2, like the sequel to it. And it's, it's actually not that. This is just a remaster of that original with a little bit more content sprinkled on top is what I read. So 
pretty interesting there. I love that the the copy from Boogeyman in the opening section. You're a carrier-based fighter pilot who takes on a ruthless air armada. Who's the enemy? Who knows? And who cares? <laughs> if you if you want if you want a story storyline, play or rather try Fantasy Star Two. The premium here is on reflex and reaction, not problem solving. There's little time to stop and think. And I felt like they were speaking right to the soul of Jay Backstrom, circa oh, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> right, like let's go action, yeah. action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The criticisms in here are mostly predicated on the lack of variance in gameplay and the environments you traverse. And upon firing it up, I would absolutely agree. Like, it's a it's a massive upgrade, no question, in fun from the SMS version because of the speed. But almost immediately, it felt very repetitive, you know. And I think it would be, there's 23 missions. I think it would be a serious struggle to sit down and play 23 missions of this game, you know. So that was kind of a bummer because uh, I was fired up for it. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is something that I would want to. Yeah, I mean, there's... You know, there's a lot. Like, the controls feel very loose. You know, I felt like I could... Like, there's other games, flying games just like this that we've tried that it's just been, like, a struggle. Like, what do we do? How do I... Yeah. You know, I, I was able to kind of jump into that pretty quickly, you know, but... Which is how it should feel, because the, the yeah. joystick the joystick feel you should be... Yeah. Un, uninhibited movement, for sure. Yeah. But Great. it's... I don't know, man. It's just, it's just a lot. And I just... I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't want to do this continuously for 23 missions like maybe for a level like oh that was cool but i don't want to keep doing it and keep doing it (laughs) yeah 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 they even mentioned like there's not you know the the lack of variance in gameplay is not limited to what you see and interact with it's also even in the way you control i think i think the the right boogeyman mentions that there's just you're just moving left to right and there's a barrel roll thing too he's like that's it like there's no Mm. You know, you don't, you can't, you know, there's, there's not, you're kind of stuck on the horizon, basically. You're not really maneuvering and doing right. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. A little. Which, which makes sense if you're coming from an arcade mindset, somebody's going to play for a short time with their quarters and, and move right. on, you know, like yep. it's. Yeah. Yep. But on a home console, not so much. A Hal Rollerball ad and one final Genesis Pro view on the amazing Bejeweled. I mean, columns, proceed the, <laughs> proceed the latest massive Genesis spread from Sega. And it's another Genesis does what Nintendo don't campaign installment. Sega bringing the heat with every one of these. They are featuring Afterburner and Super Monaco, G- Super Monaco GP in the ad. And they're puffing their chest out about the raw speed in both of those games' gameplay. They are in-capped in suggesting, rather, their in-cap is suggesting you cop their proprietary arcade stick. And it's only the three-button one in this case, not the six-button bad boy I own and love. It's the one Jab had. And they also have the library title page they've been putting at the back end of all these lately, titled Genesis Does It All. And there's a lot of shit in here worth talking about, too, uh, in addition to the features. And, yeah, the feature one is Super Monica, Super Monaco GP. And that is, it hit this month, so it's out now. And it is a sequel to the arcade cabinet version of this game. And this one has a, like a, they add a Formula One season mode to it that is a whole lot more interesting to me in theory than just the one-off races that I guess the arcade game is. I fired it up, and there's some really great pixel art in the menu system, including a hilariously early 90s bikini-clad girl in one of the shots. Uh, It's like this very pixelated but still trying to be hot you know, uh, pixel art. So that's that's pretty fun and very 1990 in every possible way. But the gameplay UI is it, 
you know, it's cool. Like your view is from the car seat, so you can you, know, you can see the front end of the car and the front wheels on the road as you turn, you know? So like they, they do a good job of trying to uh, give you the immersion factor that you would want for a cockpit racer, you know? And it has, it has a, I also like the, at the top of the screen, there's a huge screen wide rear view mirror. So you can deal with the fuckers trying to overtake you from behind, you know, mm-hmm. to add the, the little bit of strategy that comes with particularly open wheeled racing, you know, because open wheeled racing, not that I'm a racing fucking aficionado enthusiast, but open wheel racing doesn't give you any of that fucking knocking into each other shit that NASCAR fuckers try because you'll just die. <laughs> you know, so so it's like a, a different type of uh, aggression level in, in this kind of racer. And like, you know, again, like that just racing in circles, it's so boring for me. I can't even begin to enjoy that. There needs to be some sort of battle dynamic or something, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, what I was thinking too. This kind of made me. This I always pick. Let me ask you before I even say this: Do you do manual or automatic transmission in oh, games? Like always this? automatic. Always okay, automatic. yeah, me too. And I think that might be why they're boring to me, or, or a big part of why they're boring to me. I think hmm. like the thought of having to shift, even in real life, is absolutely exhausting to me. Like that's I, I've never learned how to drive a manual. I have no desire to. The idea of giving myself another chore while I do something like driving. I'm already playing with my phone. It's already dangerous enough. <laughs> you know, like I don't need, I don't need another chore. So yeah, fucking like, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't want to do that. So yeah. in video, video games, same thing. And like, I, I'm sure that is a big part of the, cause you know, the whole thing is you're shifting when it hits a certain RPM and like, that's a, another layer of problem solving and efficiency and skill yeah. that will change the way you experience these games. So I almost want to, I want to couch my criticism of boredom for this genre with that realization, because I bet it would change it at least to some degree. But the problem is, yes, you have to have a, an inclination and an interest, I think in cars, which I couldn't care less. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's, I think that's the thing. Cause I always play on, on automatic as well, but I think it's, I, I, I know how to drive a stick. You know, I've driven one and it Your Mustang in college was a stick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it's Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a pain. It, yeah. They're just a pain. Like especially on hills and stuff. When yeah. I was learning for sure, you're like, oh shit, you know like, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, yeah. uh it, it you know it I would agree that it adds more to the experience if you have to do that. But with racing games, like unless I have an actual shift stick or something. Right. Like as with I'm playing when I'm playing with a controller, it's just why you yeah. know. Like I just I'm trying to just steer and stay on the road and avoid everybody. Like that's more fun, you know, than anything else. So I don't I don't even think that's the issue. I, I think looking at this ad, they did a great job though of selling the arcade stick with with this having yeah. Super Monica with it because I I look at that and and I immediately think. Man, if I had the means, like, yeah. this is the arcade experience for sure. Like, give me yep. a Genesis and this stick, and then, like, I don't even yeah. need to go to Atlantis Castle anymore. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, a, I'm at home. No more yeah. quarters. You know what That's, I mean? Yeah. Very but, true. like, but I, this game, I don't know. Like, it was really, it's a really slick game. I was having fun until I crashed, pretty much. So, I, I'm somebody who's more into racing games. I've always enjoyed them, and I always play on automatic, like, screw that manual stuff. But even, I, I don't know. I, I would play it like it was something I would come back to, 
but I just think there's better racers. Like, looking at this screen now, like, yeah, for the time, beautiful game. Looks like an arcade game. Like, sure, I will play it, but, like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, not it, enough. It, yeah, Certainly not enough. There's not for, enough for now. From a game, for a game, from a game app perspective, yeah. Yeah, exactly. from a game app, yeah, no. Even with the season mode. Not that I tried <laughs> that. So, again, something else I fucking probably didn't embrace enough to really give it a fair criticism, but. Yeah, I, I didn't do that either, but it's also, like, when you, <laughs> I think from the standpoint of, look at this magazine, look at all the games in here, like, this is not really where I want to spend my time. Like, it's a fun game, I'll come back to it, maybe if I want to check it out, but I could also play better racing games and yeah. get to these other games instead. I think it's, we. this was another one that had, you know, the art, obviously the art of the girls is, of course, going to get engagement <laughs> on, the, on the social <laughs> shit. But I, when I posted this, one of our... Uh, I think it's Instagram, actually. Karma Jolt, if I'm recalling correctly. One of our Instagram followers uh, mentioned that there's a Easter egg where when you win a... You can do something where you can win a race, and instead of holding the trophy, you're holding your head, which is a wild what? ass. Yeah, like a... You know, like a... <laughs> fucking murder de- oh decapitated gosh. yeah which pretty I, I at least that's how i interpreted what they were what he was saying so i i don't know that that's exactly it but that was kind of how it portrayed and i certainly didn't see it or, or look it up and try it so <laughs> oh fun little fun fact though so i uh, so that's the in the feature in that list of games uh from their library they have strider in here and this dropped on september 1st too so this is now fair game and i fired it up I, I know it's fucking gives you PTSD from the NES version, and I did not enjoy that experience either. It's not like I we fought over that getting blessing status, and I'm bringing this to you now in defiance of your insolence <laughs> <laughs> while we were doing the game up uh, for that on the NES. But I played the first level of this, dude, and this holy shit is this game good. Like the, you know, it's it's I've heard I mentioned when we first saw this the Genesis version. This one to my understanding, is revered and considered to be the one that people from the home, the 8 and 16-bit era home editions t- say you should play because it, one, both captures the arcade version better, but also does the home console. There's more story and development in those versions than the arcade version uh, very well, too. Dude, yeah, this is fucking great. Like, all that wonky, shitty control stuff that we griped about during the game episode is completely gone in this. It is completely AWOL, not at all a problem. The acrobat, and like, it also does a good, and this is part of the, you just caption the arcade thing better, I guess. You know, the whole idea of these characters is they are like acrobatically gifted. You know, they, they, right. they, they fight with this almost kind of parkour style where like they're rolling and fucking swing from things ninja like ninja like exactly and yeah the acrobatic acrobatic capabilities of your dude in this version is way better than i mean the nes one didn't even have that i would say and no. you know understandably so you couldn't it, really do yeah, that none of that shit yeah in this one you are swinging from platforms like the below like from like like when you jump up to a platform you, you can grab onto the bottom of it and, like, flip yourself up, you know, and attack while you're doing that. And you can climb walls and, like, swing off, this, like, bound off those onto things. It's just the acrobatic feel of it is so much better implemented. So that's really good. It's a completely different game. Like, I'm guessing it's probably a lot closer to what the arcade, uh, like, the levels and stuff are. The NES version is completely, like, NES, NES version it skews in that Metroidvania direction, and I like that. I, like I, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily a fan of having less of that. I like having to backtrack and collect items, and like, okay, I encounter this new problem. I don't have the solution on me now. 
what do I have to do or where do I have to go that I've already been to fix this problem? Like, I love that, you know? And also kind of worries me that where the fuck is the mainframe going to be in this version? But, you know, despite all that said, it was just, it was so, the gameplay of it was so fucking fun and so well done that I think even if it had, if it, you know, I didn't play it, Far enough. I, I don't think I could even beat the first stage, uh, um, even though I was enjoying it. So those things may be there. I don't know. I didn't play enough to to, to see. But either way, like I, it looked and felt and sounded so fucking good that I don't think it matters. And I would again, same thing. I would play this for a game app in a fucking heartbeat. So uh, I don't know. What do you want, do you, do you, you want to just I, shut the fucking pod down and start playing this now? Or <laughs> I can't even believe what I'm hearing right now, Josh. Did you try like, it? This is no, I didn't try it. Oh right? fuck, Jesus Christ, Jay, Jesus Christ, dude! I looked at it and I I actually went and I, I had the ROM ready to like download, and I was like. Oh no! Here. Like I'm not even giving this the time of day. But, like why would I? Like I Dude, like, this game is about, again, especially you, man. Like this is like, it's absolutely it's, not. This it's the action aspect of it is really good, dude. Really fucking good. I'm it, shocked. It, it felt shocked. so good. The attacking stuff felt so good, and like just in that first level, dude. The different enemy variants that were presented, just again in the first level. I'm sure that only goes up from there was incredibly varied and like immediately like having to use these acrobatic capabilities to deal with the different enemies in different ways was a present immediately dude it was it was it's i was i could not believe how good it was <laughs> i couldn't believe it was how good it was it was I, so i good. can't even believe yeah i can't even believe that we're talking about a game that we have already played we haven't played this game. Ar- that's the thing. Already, already, that's your problem. Wait, hold on, hold on. That's your problem. There's, You're equating it to something that has not... an IP of a game that we have played, downvoted, and you're willing to play again. This is just wow. It's, there's that, even... that, that's the thing. There is, there is the Venn diagram of these two games has zero overlap. That is not possible. Maybe just the, the not the, possible. That okay. So if you had the if you were if you were if if you if you were in Photoshop and you were making the Venn diagram, when you make it when you make you, you can you can manipulate both the fill color and the border color of a shape you make. Right? Maybe the borders overlap, but zero of the the fill color of the two circles have any overlap whatsoever. <laughs> that's that's how far apart they are. Like, yes, it's the same IP, but that's legitimately the only things they have in common. It's, did you did you go back and double check and play a level of the of the NES? No, I remember, I remember, I remember. We played it a whole game. We played an entire episode. Wow, played, I that... beat that game. I know exactly <laughs> what go, what went into it. And no, this is completely different. Completely different, dude. So right. fucking good. Really, really right. good. <laughs> they are also teasing licensing blockbusters Dick Tracy and Spider-Man at the end of this. They are both 91 releases, though, so not quite out yet. I wonder if the Dick Tracy is better than the NES one as far as the action stuff goes. I'm pretty sure it's more action-oriented and not at all. It doesn't, it doesn't have any of that clue-finding shit, unfortunately, mm-hmm. if, if I recall correctly. So that's kind of a bummer. It'll probably be way more fun in the action component, but still be boring because it doesn't have the cool part anymore. So right. just can't do it all, I guess, back in the 860 <laughs> era. 
After that is a new full pager for something we don't talk about around these parts no more. A certain dog shit NES peripheral that rhymes with Schmauerdove. The supreme Nazi overlord toy company that distributed that non-working, child-deceiving abomination is offering a $10 mail-in rebate to anyone who purchased it between July 1st and September 30th of this year. And the ad pictures the Schmauerdove actually holding a $10 bill, you know. So when I first thought this, or first saw this rather, I thought... You know, it's just an advertising ploy to move some more units of this fucking dog shit thing. And it is, of course, that too. But thinking about it a little more, like with most of that transaction window being retroactive, you know, so like this is a September issue. And like, you know, yes, they everything moved a little slower and they probably designed this ad for more than just GamePro and it probably appeared in places before September, you know, so... This is a less applicable in those cases. But the idea that they would pay whatever they paid, and it's Mattel, he's our advertising budget too, so you can maybe couch this a little bit with that statement that they have unlimited money essentially to advertise with. But I don't know. You don't put an ad for something in a magazine where, what is that, July, August, two-thirds of it is null and void for, for the people that are going to be reading this magazine. You know, you don't, you don't burn two-thirds of the usage window of an ad if for sole commercial gain purposes in my mind and and, and, a, and a, I, at least i want to live in a world where that that makes that much sense maybe i don't Sorry, Josh. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly i want to live in a world that makes that much sense maybe i don't but i i want to give them some credit for having a moral gut check moment about the pestilence they had spread on the nes gamer community with this fucking thing and Wanted to try to make it a little more right and give you some money back for the overpriced. Because yeah, it's, it's not only shitty, it's also overpriced. Even if it were good, it would be overpriced, you know. So they just, yeah. Early, I, I take it early results were not as they had hoped. <laughs> right, well, <laughs> to yeah. Put it, to put it lightly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's certainly probably the more the catalyst, but... Interesting, interesting. At least it's not that two-page spread, the same one we've been seeing over and over and over again. A couple of SMS Pro views fulfill the promises made in this month's mailbag, U.S. Gold's Paperboy port and the SMS iteration of the aforementioned eSWAT. You know I love me some Paperboy. And I was excited to see this and how it would stack up to the NES port. So I fired it up, and it is so much better. Did you try this? This one? No, I did not try this one. Oh, no. dude. You don't like the NES one either, though, do you? No. I, I, it, like I said, it, it's one of those IPs I recognize. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of the game. Yeah. Okay, so the NES one is terrible, but I still like it and enjoy playing it for some reason. It's huh. The controls are bad, and like hitting the mailbox is so hard, even though I've played it a billion times. This one, and it's slow, too. Like The NES one is like really slow and plotting. And, yeah. you know, if you play it in the arcade, like it's all about like how quickly can I... Like, the, 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 the levels are timed, and you, the goal is you get more points the faster you get through them. But you also got to get those papers in the mailboxes. So, you know, that's the push and pull of the gameplay loop. And, you know, getting to it fast, though, is is the feel it's supposed to have. So a version that feels faster is a good thing, you know. And this the SMS one is feel is that in spades for sure. Uh, whatever. And I don't know what the reason for this could be. Because it's the first time I played it, so I shouldn't have been better at it. But right. delivering the papers in the mailboxes or wherever you want to throw them felt easier and more reliable to me than 
the pattern muscle memory movement or muscle memory mm. experience I have for the NES version too. So just general control, the bike is better, like just everything about it was superior. And uh, yeah, the hitboxes are also more forgiving. Like that's one of the huge issues with the NES version too is like you don't even like just going anywhere near one of the fucking things in the NES version and you're fucking wrecked, you know. So this felt more forgiving in that regard, which I think is a better, more conducive to the gameplay. It's no fun to wreck every five seconds in this game. Like, I don't give a shit how hard you're trying to make it. It's not fun if you're wrecking all the time, you know. The whole goal is to, again, how fast can I get through this? I want to bang the papers in too. I want to break the windows on the fucking non-subscriber houses. I want to get to the obstacle course at the end. Let's fucking go. I don't need to die every five seconds, you know. So, yeah, just way fucking better. And, you know, it's funny to me. I how many times we've said it. I posted this on the Facebook page too, and like, you know, instantly. I I, I think the way I worded it was just that the you know the the this port is just way better than the NES port, and like there were all these chime ins about yeah, like that's that's how they all are. Like everything is better on the SMS. The SMS is better, which I've been saying you know uh, mm. since since we started dicking around with it. Uh, it's just they just didn't have the library in the games to keep up with the NES, you know, or the marketing dollars. So. Um, this game that, is a is a testament and an embodiment of that dynamic, you know. That's that's an embodiment of freaking marketing, man. Because I yeah. I would, my gut reaction is to just at this point like, oh, it's an SMS game. Like I'm not even looking at it. Like, yeah. give me Nintendo or forward. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, like I said, my, a, one of my big goals of this podcast was to get a because I had zero exposure to it so one of my big goals with this podcast is to explore that library to the fullest and like i've said before how i kind of you know we we're kind of which they've talked about in this issue how we we're kind of exiting that that era and i and I, I i've also said before that i don't feel like there's been enough coverage in these magazines of the full library for me to have gotten as big of an understanding and experience of that library as i hoped to going into it you know i feel like they're just you know sega's such a bad job of covering it both from their internal magazine and then game pro coming on the scene is kind of just as it's exiting so i just don't feel like i got as much of exposure to that as i want you know so uh the idea that it's kind of petering back in a little bit because of that re-release of the redesign or rather the release of the redesign is is kind of exciting to me actually so i was um with bells on checking and checking each one of these out um, I actually, this is the first time, uh, a, a first for this, I rep- I went on to the game, the shit worth playing list for this, and I replaced the NES version with this version, the SMS version, and that, of Paperboy, I mean, and that is a first, you know, that the idea of taking nice. something off nice. and replacing it with, with a different version of it. That's notable. Yeah. That's notable. Yep. Yeah, that's groundbreaking shit here for the pod. The other one here is Eswat, the SMS version, and this game is fucking unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different scenario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's my summation is it is the NES's Kung Fu, but with a gun. It's got that the the, uh, the really, really repetitive and boring side scrolling single plane beat 'em up where you were just incessantly swarmed from both sides uh, by by this yeah, by this but yeah, by the same enemy. And they're all single hit kills. That's exactly how it feels, you know. And yeah, I think I think like <laughs> I think this should have been Sega's go-to sales tool for getting existing SMS owners to upgrade to the Genesis. Like if you set up both systems side by side in stores, 
And again, you were just talking about being in the being in the aisle with the dad. If you if they had this next to that dad, and the kid could go look, <laughs> you know, you'd have let the store with the fucking Genesis. Like even <laughs> even penny pitching parents would have been like, yeah, we got to get you a Genesis. We can't have you living like a fucking peasant. Like I see the value here, you know. Like yeah, just I mean, if you put both these games side by side, it's just night and fucking day. Like they're about, not even the same game. Like it's yeah, just oh, yeah, playable. yeah, so so different. So yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. No MSRPs for either of these, of course, because fucking eye roll emoji from Sega. And we have ads for the Game Boy Batman and NES Shit Eaters Michael Andretti's World GP and Nightmare on Elm Street to round this stretch out. After these messages, we'll be right back. In the Dick Tracy game for your Nintendo Entertainment System, Tracy wants to put Al Big Boy Caprice behind bars. And the only way he can do it is by arresting Big Boy gang one at a time. Then Itchy, Flat Top, and all the rest will turn state sediments, and it'll be so long, Big Boy. But can Tracy avoid Big Boy's muscle, his sleepers, his trigger men? Will he get the clues he needs, or will he just get it? Find out next time. That was a 1990 U.S. market commercial for Dick Tracy on the NES. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> a, <laughs> a couple Turbo Graphics joints, their Clax Port and Super Volleyball lead us off here. These are separated by a full pager for another one of Hudson Soft's terrible arcade ports of an archaic flying sci-fi shooter, Starship Hector, that dropped in June. Hard pass. Wanted to try the Klaxport, but could only find the Japanese version of this, and I couldn't fucking figure it out. <laughs> like they, Same. Yeah. Same thing. I was like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> they they didn't really look markedly better than the NES one, to my surprise. Uh, even what I was able to see. Um, gameplay, though, can't speak to. MSRPs are $39.95 for Klax and $48.99 for Volleyball. So these are more reasonably priced than a lot of TurboGrafx games, but that's because they're way lesser games. And, again... <laughs> Not not knowing the fucking marketplace, these dudes. All that is just meaningless nonsense in the way of what gets us, or rather gets asses in seats for this pod, though, as we next up have Jay's Atari Corner featuring Planet Smashers for the Atari 1700. Well, Jay, don't keep us waiting with bated breath any longer. Dude. Tell, tell us about Planet Smashers. I never actually played this game growing up. I definitely would have played it are you kidding me as a kid i would have absolutely loved this like i love the opening paragraph here too like I, i've wondered this myself I'm, I'm gonna read it here it <laughs> says you know it's become the burning question surrounding alien life in the video dimension countless galaxies filled with unclaimed planets exist in the universe and yet they always insist upon having ours who are they like the aliens like it's earth that they want like they always want earth like <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. why are they always after us? Yeah. So, like, I, it's hard I'm to like, argue that we even want it. What do you want it for? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is a, you know, when I think of, I'm bummed that I could not find a ROM. I'm very bummed. Really? That I cannot, you find I cannot a get a working ROM for this. I am so bummed. I looked. I looked mm -hmm. and I could not find one. But when I look at the screenshots and when I look at, like, what I could find of it, like, yeah, I would have 100% played it as a kid. Um, but at the same time, you know, I did not, I'm not that sad because when I think of flying games on the Atari, I think asteroids, I think space invaders, I think, you know, they're think they're games that you could give me, I think of Xevious, I think of certain Gradius, I think of the games. Um, I've never even heard of this. So my looks like, looks like there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of shit going on at the bottom of the screen in the HUD there. A lot of, more. 
it it yeah. imply it, it implies, implies more complexity. Yeah, complexity. That would be the yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like I would have definitely given it a go, and I'm bummed I couldn't find it. But at the same time, the fact that I've never even heard of it right now, it's like eh, either it came on <laughs> either it came on so late in the Atari generation, which clearly at this time, extremely late. You know, I'm not even thinking about it. But I also still had an Atari at this time too, so uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not enough standing in the Toys R Us aisle, I guess, yeah. to, to remember it. And I've played a shit ton of Atari games. <laughs> many, many weekends, like walking through, whether no matter walking through a, a flea market or a thrift store or something, like you can Did buy they, some freaking Atari you know, games for like dollars. We've n- I've never asked you. Please. I can't. We have never asked you. This. Did they have like a rental store presence at all for Atari seventy eight hundred? Do you remember renting games for the Atari? I. Th- think thinking back there may have been a couple atari 7800 rentals like a few like at the very beginning okay. you know but they were like the most popular games like your yeah. double dragon you okay. know what i mean or something like and pit or pitfall something like that something yeah, I, super popular I, yeah i have and like i feel like even though i didn't have a 7800 i did have that long 2600 phase where the Atari brand of anything mm-hmm. would have at least, you know, my little idiot child mind would have at least acknowledged it and I would have yeah. some memory. And I, I have, like, I can't think of anything ever seen in any of the rental stores anything for Atari. So I feel like when, when at the, at the time of life when we started actually going to rental stores, that was when. I had a Nintendo. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I recall. I recall right. actually having a VCR. I mean, we had a VCR longer, so I guess that's not that's not the case. But, like, at the time when we were going to rental, like, going to rental stores regularly, I, I had a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo at that Oh, moment. dude, so I can I, remember. You know I, mean? I, I don't know if I ever thought about it. I can remember the very, at least I think, I guess. There's no way to know for sure. But I'm pretty sure I can remember the very first time I ever went to a rental Really? And it was, yeah, before oh, video wow. games it were, a th- like, it. There were. I don't remember anything video game about it. I just remember how it was not that one in Oberlin. We went to one in, what was that? That's, I think that was at the Elyria Mall, actually. I think that was in the parking lot on, like, the northwest side of Elyria Mall. And I can't remember. It's My dentist was right there. There was one of those fucking, what were those, the photo mat huts that they put in parking Lot. Oh. Do you remember those? They might have been called <laughs> Photomat. I don't know, but it was like a, a yellow and blue hut. I remember in the in the parking lot, there was one of those there. But anyways, it was there, and I remember being. I had never heard of a beta thing, a beta VCR. Like I, we had a VHS. Yeah, this, same. Uh, I can't. I wish I could remember the brand. This big silver, <laughs> mon, big silver monstrosity. I remember, and I remember seeing the two different types of tapes and how different they looked size-wise on the fucking shelves and just being like, what the fuck is that? Why are there two of them? Who has two? Like, why do they need two of these things? Like, I just remember being like completely fucking floored that they're, yeah, that 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 everyone wasn't rocking the same shit. Like I just said, yeah. I could, yeah, I, I remember that so vividly in that store, how there were two of everything. I was just like, why? What the fuck do they need two of them for? Why does, who, what do you mean? I don't know if I've ever seen a beta. That's crazy to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, back then, I, I've yeah. I've heard the name. Like, I know that, but like, oh, I can't man. even picture it in my mind. Like, Oh, dude, yeah, the, yeah. They were like, they sat side by side in the shelves, like the fucking cases, those big, heavy, what? big, heavy duty, uh, 
book type wow. cases that you open and like yeah the beta ones were smaller yeah i remember that so clearly huh. yeah i just remember like tangent like looking going to video game stores or not video game stores but rental stores and looking at basically the percentage of video space allocated to video game rentals versus like movie rentals and how that would increase over time and like my opinion, how my opinion of said video rental store, whether it be like a mom and pop one, like a rent flick that was near me or like a blockbuster would change if that percentage was higher. Like if you were like five, like 2% video games, like whack, like you only had a couple selections, nothing. Okay. <laughs> but if you had like, if you had like Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Genesis, you know what I mean? And you had like 25% to your, of your store of like was video <laughs> so, games. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the holy grail. That's such another testament to like uh, just infinitely superior awareness to me as a child like i, I can't even, i can't even imagine like the, being able to like perceive that or think about it like really a, just, <laughs> where are the video games oh, let me get a game i got enough to deal with here i'm not thinking about the macro of uh store shelf allocation being whatever no that's fucking what i do remember that always being like the the video game section was always it always felt like like the one store I can remember, it, they were in like a closet. Like it was almost what? like a porn section. <laughs> and, that, and that I remember it being in this like small little room that was like off the main floor where all the video game or all the VHS tapes were. You know, uh, the one in the one in what that South Amherst that would have been huh. that Jab always used to go to Rainbow Video. I think it might have been called. Yeah, it was in the one room. Uh, like a like I said, a closet, and yeah, even at the campus video one, the, it was like upstairs on this elevated platform. Or like although video games were there on the shelves, and then it had that's where the the narc cabinet was that we've oh. talked about. Jeb and I have talked about, and you know there was probably some other dumb shit there. The packs of like essentially the kid check the kid section is what it was. You know, it was like a a totally. Almost like a Gosh, fucking pl- yeah. like a playroom, you know. And Send the also- kids up there to look at video right. games while, while while we go while we go look for R-rated videos. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it was. Uh, I remember it being distinctly partitioned off in in most cases, but I don't. I can't. You know, again, I, I Blockbuster was never even an option. Like I, I was out of renting shit entirely by the time Blockbuster was even a thing, and we didn't have one in town. I'm sure there were Blockbusters around, but there was. We would by that time, if we were going to rent something, it was from the one in town that was like a mom and pop deal. You know, so I didn't have any Blockbuster exposure. From there, we have a full pager with some really cool art. Despite the game, it's four being some total FCI dog shit, Dr. Chaos, and then some pro views for Nintendo and Atari's handhelds and accompanying advertising. We have Penguin Wars, some fucking word I can't begin to pronounce, Alien, Cosmo Tank on the Game Boy, and then Todd's Adventures in Slime World on the links. Todd, 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 Todd. Then, <laughs> then ads for more NES shit we've seen. Pinball Quest from Jalico. Awesome art for this, too. I had that as a background in the, I think, second segment. As mixed Top Player Tennis we've seen a million times. Culture Brain's Baseball Simulator 1000 and the Magic of Shahrazad. And that is before we get to SWAT Hot Tips. And there was a TurboGrafx game, Newtopia, in here with a couple submissions on the first page that I hadn't seen. And the screenshot for it was an item select screen that looked very RPG-y. So I nabbed the ROM for this and checked it out. Had some really dope-ass dragon breathing fire down onto an armored knight as the cover art. And that's a good indicator that I was right. And, dude, this is Zelda. This is a Zelda knockoff and a half, man. It is. Really? It, yeah, it looks like the SNES one more than the NES one. So the gra- again, it's 16-bit, even though TurboGrafx is a little bit sub 
right. or rather a little uh, a little bit more mid uh, than than an SNES or Genesis <laughs> as far as 16-bit goes, usually anyways. Yeah. And I only played it for a few minutes, but there was there was groundwork there that made it very very interesting. And I bet TurboGrafx-16 kids played the fuck out of this game, jammed on it to no end, dude. Because yeah, it was. I mean, dude, everything like the way. You know, all the same items, like the potions and shit. There's, like, a room you go into to get your sword in the beginning. It's very Zelda-y. And, like, even when he would pick up an item, it'd do the thing above his head. You know, oh, just, really? Yeah, I mean, it was, it just, there was, it was unabashedly Zelda. But, well, done, not, like, in a janky yeah, ass. Yeah, just cheesy and whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's okay. same same mechanics, same vibes, same graphics in a lot of ways, but... Good, you know, just not Zelda, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, and and the, again, posting it, posting it, people, you know, the, the Turbo Six, Sixteen, Turbo Graphics Sixteen heads were fucking like, yeah, that's fucking for sure a good game. So, uh, pretty cool that nice. existed. Doug in Orville, California, sent in the password for the last level in Lolo Two, and I'm kind of inclined to punch it in because I don't know if I'll ever actually play all the way to the end of that game, despite how great it is. You know, uh, I in fact, yeah, I know I won't now because my old emulator, the save state was on, is bricked, and I got the new emulator, so I highly doubt that I'll restart that uh, restart that game from the beginning and and go through it again. So maybe I'll try this code just to get a get a little. Mm. Taste it's cheating. The, don't, yeah, do yeah, it. yeah. don't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I just want to so much time before I die, Jay. <laughs> That's true. Uh, did you see the Space Harrier 99 lives one? Space Harrier 2? I saw it, yeah, but I didn't. This is fucking insane. Did you read it? It is uh, fucking insane. Jonathan Capra of Mount Pleasant, New York writes, To do this trick, you need both Altered Beast and Space Harrier 2, like the cartridges. What what does that even mean? First of all, <laughs> stop right there. Yeah. It means you have to have both cartridges to even begin this process that he's about to lay out for us. So, what? You first put Altered Beast in your Genesis, and then when the pictures of all the statues appear on the screen, you just pull your Altered Beast, Altered Beast cartridge out with the power still on. So... What kid is ever going to do that? Again, we had the whole discussion earlier about system preservation. They tell you not to do that. You're not going to break your... Like, we'll just, how would you even begin to go down this road? But that's step one. The screen will freeze. Yeah, duh. <laughs> and then next, with the power still on, you put your Space Harrier 2 cartridge into the Genesis. So put that in without ever turning the power off. The screen will remain frozen, but the music will begin to play again at different speeds and out of tempo. I don't know if, if it means the Space Harrier or the Ultra Beast music there. I guess it doesn't matter. But some music will start playing. You keep the power on, and then you hit reset on the console. The Sega logo will appear, followed by the Space Harrier 2 title screen. And then you proceed as you normally would, but instead of four lives appearing, it fills up with 99 lives, and you play the game normally. It may take a couple of times to make this trick work. He qualifies this with. So Jonathan gives us that. In, his, in the letter he writes in. And then there is a big orange box in this same tit box that is an editor's note that reads, Warning! This trick and any others that involve inserting or removing games while the power is on can seriously damage your Genesis, TurboGrafx-16, Sega Master System, or NES. Perform them at your own risk. So yeah. they are qualifying this tip with that, which is nice and smart of them. But how in the absolute fuck 
do you even begin to discover this process? And furthermore, how do you conduct well-documented enough experimentation to arrive at a certainty you're willing to publish amongst a community of peers? Like, what in the fuck got this kid to a place where he had this to share and was able to do it in a well-communicated way like this? That's a fully right. full explanation of the flowchart. Welcome to another episode of Jay's Rationalization Section. So, <laughs> this could have only come about by, John, most likely came about by Mr. Jonathan here being the raging animal <laughs> who like rips his, con- like takes his cartridges out with no regard and just sticks to uh, the next one. Like that's his normal, normal operating, you know, and he for- just doesn't deviate from that. And he, he clearly hasn't screwed his console up yet. And he discovered this weird hack and was like, check me out. I'm going to send this in. And I bet if you contact him, he ended up breaking his system at some point. Like, the only, <laughs> like that's the only way that this could have come about. Like, otherwise, who does this? Like, no one is doing this. It's such a juxtaposition of personality types to both be that rage and chaos fueled, but also collected enough to perceive this change in his chaos document it and then repeat it is such a weird mashup of human personality traits that yeah i just don't i don't know what what does that what does that human being grow up to be uh, uh, just a uh, hitler or something like you got to you know like you have to be you know you there has to be so much insanity in there to get you through the flowchart but so much calculated uh, fucking, I don't know. You, know, I don't know you, you give him too much credit. I was just thinking more like, I was thinking more simplistic like, you know, this is not a Nintendo where you have the little flap that covers it. This is like somebody was given a Genesis oh, and oh, their, Jay, their parents Jay, didn't Jay, give a shit. Stop right there. Kind of like, the, this, this animal did not put the flap down on his NES when he put games in. Get out of here. Get out of here. That this he is never had group. one. He never had an Nintendo. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. This person didn't learn. This is their first their first console, and they're like, "Sweet, stick a game in, power on." But when they went to Switch, like being the wild animal they are to the to the video game kingdom, <laughs> and having no one to guide them out there in the in, in 1990, they just pulled it out. Next game, like, and they just hit reset. That's, that was their normal thing. That's I'm just giving it that simplistic explanation because there's no logical way yeah. in my mind that any other person would have arrived. Could, like could, yeah, I guess, man. You know? But again, again, like, but you know, say anybody else that, who did this broke their console and learned their lesson. They yeah. didn't have this two combination of game together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just, yeah. There's just so much, there's just so there many, go. so many random unachievable variables in there <laughs> that how, just how, how did, how did he get there? There's millions of people in this world. Somebody had to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. There's a parallel universe where every reality exists. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's insane. It's just crazy. It's so crazy to me. I, I just, I just, I, it's, it's, it, it's like, I, I got into this, uh, I, I've been watching this. It is a, a show on Netflix, a documentary, called Our Universe or something, narrated by Morgan Freeman. So who's not going to watch that, of course? So I, I I watched that, and it's just like a six-episode thing about 
um, you know, it, it does this thing where there's like there's a micro storyline of like each episode has a they follow in most cases a mother and 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 babies and talk about kind of the micro process of life and then also this pulled out macro universe wide perspective of the birth formation oh. and aging of the universe and how those two things are intertwined and intersect, you know, and fascinating. Like I said, Morgan Freeman, you know, he's on it. So, you know, it's smart and it's fucking really, really good. And, but watching it, dude is like, it's kind of overwhelming. It's like, if, it, it's, it's such a good and deep portrayal of, you know how again, kind of like my outer, whole outer wilds perspective of like this insignificance of an individual life in this ecosystem, the universe. I mean, not the Earth. Like it's overwhelming to think about how little we'll ever know and how just meaningless we have to be. It's impossible for us not to be completely meaningless in that scope you know what i mean so like watching it is like it's kind of a little bit of an anxiety attack it's just like the idea that like all this is going on and like you know i don't know how much of it i need to do research on how much of it because you know these it's 22 some, I, I i'm not even able to keep up i'm fascinated by it and i want to be and like i try to stay abreast with scientific discoveries uh, from a, a, a astrophysics perspective and see some, I mean, it, there's so much stuff that we're discovering on a day, daily basis, and the cameras and probes are getting so advanced that, like, the shit is just an onslaught now that it's hard to keep up with. There's so much more we know that it could all be 100% factual stuff that they're able to derive from, like, truly well, uh, well-conducted scientific processes, and it's not speculation as far as what they're talking about and showing uh, in the in this documentary, so like I want to think that it's all absolute factual research based stuff they're showing me, but I don't know for sure. You know, uh, as far as just like the, the 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 portrayal of these black holes and different far off universes and individual planets in, in different galaxies, like they're showing like these really micro things that I just I, I'm kind of a little bit floored that we actually truly have knowledge about to the extent they're yeah. portraying it. You know, so again, I'm not entirely sure, but. If it is, it's overwhelming to think that we have that capability now to know the things that they're telling me are facts. But still, we'll never know the uh, you know the ninety nine point nine 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 percent in our entire lifetime that we're not going to know. It's just like it's it's an overwhelming anxiety attack to watch it like shit like that and and see how much we do know and how crazy it all is, but how much we're never going to know is a really really overwhelming feeling. You know. And like that kind of it jars that same feeling to me. Like that the idea that that can happen, <laughs> that this flowchart of shit can happen, and fuck, <laughs> it's fucking absolutely yeah. crazy as fuck to me. You know, yeah. Like you really, said, really it's really like it's like multiverse and yeah. the multiverse theory. Like somebody out there had that combination of different variables <laughs> happen in their life. Yeah, unpo- yeah, impossible. I don't believe you. I know. Like, show <laughs> me the numbers. I need to see. I need to know more. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Yeah. They have the firewater cheese for the fly boss in stage five of ghouls and ghosts on Genesis in here too. And I don't think I, I don't, if I recall correctly, I did not have much trouble with that boss, but I think you did. Yeah. That second to last boss before the final, you, you struggle with that, that uh, hornet wasp thing, I right? Think, I think I struggled a little bit. Yeah. I think I struggled a little bit. Yeah. Either way, would it would have been nice to, we're always a day late and a dollar short on getting these Right. Slots. These always come classified. Like, yeah. Always. Yeah. 
I mean, it's part of it's because of the way we do it, and we want it that way. That we're yeah. we're trying a little bit to correlate some of the games or a lot of the games with as they're hitting. You know, we don't do a ton. We do a little bit. We don't do it. We don't do as much of the oh, it popped up in classified information, but came out a year and a half ago. Now mm. we're gonna do it. You know. Some grimy-ass kid scam ads are peppered in here, too, and uh, some of these we've seen, but another we have not. This one is called Game Watch Newsletter, and this this company is based in Omaha, Nebraska, and the, what they got going on here really grinds my gears. This It's a newsletter, and it's described as a unique news source that pulls no punches and gives the latest gossip and news that cannot be found anywhere else. And then they give some bullet points. Learn how to buy new games before official release, below retail, and even wholesale prices in some cases. You can also find out about overseas sources for games in the Orient and elsewhere. And the fucking Orient, Christ for Christ's sake. <laughs> in the Orient. Where is this place you speak of? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, so they, they uh, also have see how people are paying as little as 2 to $4 per game. Okay, and then they list a few games. Games like Tetris 2, Super Mario Invisible Fancy, Star Soldier, Devil World, Goonies, Ninja Adventure, and many more. So just like, do I even need to, do you, do I even need to explain that? You know, how <laughs> it's just all over the place. It's like Tetris yeah. 2, that doesn't exist, but it is Tetris. Super Mario, Invisible Fancy, that doesn't exist, but it is Super Mario. We know what that is. Then these really stock words, Star Soldier, Devil World, Ninja Adventure, get the fuck out of here. Right, and then Goonies, also, like, that's just a game, you know, that, that we have. So, it's just, I don't know, it's, uh, how, I don't do they pick that? how do they pick the, that list of games is, is a really interesting thought experiment. So, the reason this pisses me off is, so instead of your usual mail us money ordeal, where it's just a cutout thing, you send it with cash, uh, which is funny that that was ever a thing, but that's how you get money out of kids, I guess. (laughs) And that's still offered, don't get me wrong, you can do that, but they are offering a method of payment where you call a 1-900 number that is a flat fee. There's one 1-900 number that's $16.50 flat per call. And you get a two-year subscription to the bi-monthly newsletter and a VHS tape with 45 minutes of footage showing the above games in action. So that's one thing you can do. And they also have another 100 number that you can call where you just get the subscription without the tape <laughs> for a $5 flat call. So you just get the newsletter, basically. And this is a really clever way of leeching money out of kids that would likely struggle with the money in envelope stamp system. I'll give them that. That's a good idea to extort and and manipulate money out of children, but it's still fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't stop laughing. Like I, I just like. Is it that they're trying to make it seem like like this is new games to be to be released? Like I know it says before official release, but like when I There's see just, that like, whole when part I see of it, Super Mario uh, Invisible Fantasy, yeah. that, that to me that just reads scam. Like you meant to right. say fantasy, you said Invisible Fancy. What does that even mean? Yeah. Like what? I mean, like I just I just can't stop laughing about. I that actually thing. believe. I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting. Like this is it's, BS it, to me. It, it's 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 wrapped in a horrible horrible <laughs> manipulative wrapper here, but. 
the adult that engages this, that knows what they're doing and has their own money, it's actually a very interesting look into what is probably a legitimate, what has now become common knowledge uh, or, or, or commonplace rather of like this homebrew hack community outside of the licensed infrastructure of any or video gaming at the time, you know, it's probably like that shit probably does exist. It's probably janky, especially at this time before, right. you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone was obviously much more savvy than they, than, uh, as they would be now, but like that shit probably exists. It's probably crazy as fuck. And to a kid, it would have blown their fucking mind. Like I, I, I believe that all those things probably exist somewhere. Their ability, and, and, and maybe even, you know, again, to even have the knowledge of it or even try to sell a look at it probably demonstrates some level of actual access to that stuff. To even be able to come up with the words and put them in the sequence, I presume they have some exposure to these things, you know? So it's not totally grimy in concept. Again, the what they're 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 taking that semi cool thing and they're using it to extort money out of children. That's horrible. <laughs> right. But 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 I like, like I said, I, if, if if this as an if you find it as an adult, it probably would have been very cool. And if they actually sent one of these, the thing is like I don't. There's I tried very hard to find one of these newsletters or something on the Internet Archive or anywhere else on the Internet, and I I did not. So you know. Oh my God, Lord Disciples! If you if you if you know of where these exist, have access to them, have any of your own, and by all means, please send them to us. I would love to see them, but I couldn't find any, so it makes me wonder whether these cunts actually ever even sent any out. And if, obviously, that's horrible too. If they actually did not do and deliver, there's no way it lasted two years. There's just no way. So I no. know there's no way they fulfilled the full subscriptions of any of these. I this believe they really. So- have, I believe they really have the tapes. I would. Oh God, I don't think I looked for the tape actually. I bet the the tape. Tapes tend to be out there. I'll have to look for the... Fuck it. All, all, the, all the fucking returns for this on YouTube are like... It's mostly sports shit. There's definitely nothing in here from them. So, yeah. I, I question whether any of it existed, I guess. Because everything is on the internet, bro. Everything is on the internet. Yeah, this is... Yeah. Terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. Oh, so yeah, that one really grinded my gears. Anyways, Ask the Pros is next. And did you jam the chains with shurikens in your final boss, boss battle against Neo Zed in Shinobi, bro? No. I'm, ask, I'm, I'm asking you. <laughs> this is what you need to do to keep your girl alive and get the good ending in the game. And we played this game. I'm sure we looked at stuff about it, too. And I don't remember. I think. Yeah, we were just kind of like, I'm not sure how you do it. It's just got to be an amount of time or something that you get. Because remember, I, I do remember that being a thing that the girl dies if you don't get the good ending. I remember knowing about the... I didn't finish that game. You did. But I remember knowing about the different endings. But I don't think we uh, oh. apparently had the the actual knowledge of how you get the good ending. At least not factually. So Because, yeah, I don't remember. I would remember this. So, like, yeah, you, what you actually have to do is it tells you every three seconds... While battling, while battling the final boss, you have to turn towards the, the chain on screen left and shoot it with a shuriken to keep the chains jammed so, I don't know, the ceiling or whatever doesn't fall on her, you know? Yeah. So that that seems like a, I, I said, again, I didn't, I didn't have that boss battle, uh, but that seems like a really stressful interval 
no, to have a side I, task. I, I, I definitely <laughs> did not know about that because I, I I remember hitting those chains, but that okay. wasn't my focus. Like I I saved yeah. the. I remember, and I, I just pulled up my playthrough. <laughs> the Lonely Warrior finally saved the day and defe- defeated baddies and heroes alike. But to last, he did not save the girl in time. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. I didn't know that was yeah. part of the task. Right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Not Usually you save me. the girl by beating the bad guy. Like, right. Yeah. Not in this case. Not, not Genesis. Genesis hard. Fantasy Star 2 is also in here, and someone's stuck on some shit that's answered in the hint book that comes with the game. Like someone bitching, basically. <laughs> like it's just another testament to the stupidity of children, uh, I, I think, probably. And from there, we move on to short pro shots. And on the NES front, we have Shitty Acclaim's Shitty Total Recall and American Sammy's Ultimate Basketball. American Video Entertainment, and that sounds like a really legit company, has a game called Puzzle. And Capcom is supposedly going to be bringing us California Raisins. And then there's some bullshit from Color Dreams I refuse to talk about because that company is terrible and everything they make is awful. <laughs> there is a Sesame Street, <laughs> Sesame Street joint called Big Bird's Hide and Speak. And then some bullshit from Toho I also refuse to talk about. So Ultimate Basketball is new. This is released this month. Has some really cool pixel art on the dunk cut scenes, including the defender that you can, like, during the cut scene, you can affect the success of the shot. Yes. Both on offense and defense during those cutscenes, and it's it's basically kind of in my view taking the double dribble selling point to the next level, you know. So that's a really cool mechanic. I like that. The actual gameplay though is horrible, absolutely fucking horrible. The refs are oh, is this just me? I don't know. You, you clearly played it. I know because you were talking about it in a positive light already. Are the refs not ridiculously over-officious jerks, in the words of great Buffalo Bills Hall of Fame coach Mark Ludley? <laughs> Did, I mean, there was an insane number of fouls and violations called on both me and the CPU. It's not just me. In maybe I, I, maybe two minutes I played this. And it's like every 10 seconds there was like a, a traveling or a fucking foul or something that stopped gameplay, and I would have to do an inbound fucking play. Like, did you... Have that same problem when you play it. Yeah, or? I mean it's it's that that's that's a thing. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I will say for me talking about this game positively, it is more from the nostalgia and playing it as a kid. Like, yeah, pulling it up now, it's kind of like, uh, like okay, I had never seen it before. So yeah, you, I, I played I, it as I can a kid. See, and I can was, see how that would skew your fucking perspective. <laughs> <laughs> My ooh basketball that works right as a kid. Yeah, good, you know. But picking it up now, it's like, nah, man. Good, yeah, good. No, yeah, the, yeah. On top of the foul thing, it's just a, like the actually it's it is five on five, and yeah. it's just a the fucking total jumbled fuck mess. The actual gameplay, it's so ugh, just you can't even. I don't know. They just had There's, no ability whatsoever to make a good basketball game in the NES. It's not possible. I feel like I played every NES attempt at basketball that happened at that time. You know what I mean? Like I just always had one. Like it was always being rented. Like all right, let me try this one. Let me try this one, and people were always trying to emulate double dribble or do something a little differently and add little twists in this one. Like, so, you know, it was fun enough, but not the one I'm going to choose over other titles. Not good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, and that's, I mean, it's, I commend them for giving it the old college try, you know, but I totally understand how and why an NES game or an NES cartridge cannot do basketball. Right, it's just there's just too many limitations visually and mechanically to pull off a very complicated game. You know that just there's just too many. It's too finesse oriented. You know there's yeah. there needs to be there needs to be too much control over the finesse components of basketball 
for it to be fun, engaging, and well done. And the NES just can't do it, you know? No. I mean, honestly, I don't even know. I don't think you can do a good basketball game. And like I like I liked the the sixteen bit ones. The I had Bulls versus Blazers. I liked that you know the Lakers versus Celtics, Lakers versus Bulls, Bulls versus Blazers. I had I, I played all those. I liked them. They are horrible now. And and the reason I don't think you can do a good basketball game without pressure sensitive controls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need to be like it's how hard you hit that button. Like there needs to be some input into the shot control that goes beyond just. You got to be able to fake, to jab, step, to you right, got to be able yeah. to do finesse yeah. moves. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that, I think. Otherwise, what are you doing? It's you right. Know. Yep. So puzzle is, I shit you not, it's just slide puzzles. It's yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like the 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 thing they put in Final Fantasy is an Easter egg, and they I understand they have pictures here, not just numbers for the tiles, but what in the fuck, dude? Like I just you know. Uh, they even they they word it in there. They say like, if you want like a really economically uh, well priced into NES game, this is for you. Like, yeah, like, the only selling point is it's cheap as fuck because the game is the least fun thing you could do on an NES. <laughs> like, so I play those things like when I'm in the car, right? Exactly. You know, driving and I got nothing yep. else to do or something like yeah. not when I'm sitting down on my NES. Like, that's yeah. not. That's not really what we're using that for. Definitely yeah. not at thirty dollars, man. Yeah. Or that, like, yeah, come on. terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, wild. And yeah, so fiddly from a company. What was it again? American Video Entertainment. <laughs> so California Raisins ended up being canceled and was never released. I read because of perceivedly rapidly declining popularity of the raisins around this time. That's a bummer. I love their Christmas special. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, they were like a, they were huge in ads and stuff. And like, I remember right. the jingle, but like, yeah, I don't know, man. They're just, I, I didn't like raise. I didn't like eating them. No. I just well, like their jingle. They were, you know, they, they, they even, were cool even, even the license, exactly. Even the licensing, it was Hardee's. Do you remember my dad drove truck and he, I think he would eat at Hardee's when he was on the road or something. Cause he would bring me home Hardee's or not Hardee's, but California raisin action figures from Hardee's. Oh. And I remember having those, those as a kid. Too, yeah. yeah. I remember I had this bin of like just, they, it was just like random shit. And I kept those in there. You know, not, it was not the same bin that like my legit action figures would have been in. These were all like bullshit limited Extra toys. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just in this big uh, all Tupperware, heavy duty plastic fucking bin I remember keeping in my closet. And those, those went in there. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean that. And then again, have you seen the Christmas special? Do you know what I'm talking about? The Christmas, the, yeah, I've seen it before. Okay. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite Christmas special. I think dude, that's really good. good. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's musical They're Honestly, they have probably the, it's, even though they're the namesake on it, they're probably, that's probably the weakest segment. The California raisin song they're doing. It's uh the Rudolph, the red, Re- yeah, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, not quite D not as good as DMX's, but close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, th- that's probably the weakest one. But some of the, I, I think I've talked about before the one with the, uh, the bell one with the the fly on the one the dickhead bell that the conductor ends up knocking off at the end to finally oh. get him to participate right like I I love that's my favorite segment in it for sure yeah the yeah there's there's some really good ones in there yeah, it's all but I can see, but I can see like making a whole video game like you're really committing like do you really want somebody to spend like potentially thirty forty dollars like that's right. a lot. Not going to happen, yeah. I mean, you know, there are other ones, fucking Spot for 7-Up and shit. I mean, it's exactly, that's the same thing. It's just, they're literally gauge, yeah. They're, they're, it's a different game every time, but they're essentially reskinning the same game 
with a different property. So if it's not going to be a popular property, it's not going to sell because the game's going to suck. <laughs> but you know what's odd to me, and maybe maybe I'm the minority in this, but like that Yo Noid to me was such an amazing game. Like really? that was yeah, it's from a freaking the freaking the Domino's pizza. franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like that think, game was so good. Like I don't care about Dom- like Domino's is not my remotely anywhere near like my favorite pizza or even like the pizza I enjoy, but like that game was so fun. Like I, I, I did not eat Domino's at all as a kid. Like I eat it far more as an adult than a kid just because it's nearby. But that game was so fun. It really I don't, was. I don't think we've gotten to it yet. I, I, oh. I'm not sure. I, I think you might not be alone in that. I think that might be one that, yeah, is actually known as being a decent cash grab licensing deal. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't remember for sure if we've seen it or not. I don't remember, but. So I guess if you're comparing things like that, you would think, okay, California Raisins, that should work. But it's also, it's Capcom, though. See, so, yeah, Capcom doesn't really make bad games, so it probably would have been all right. But yeah. we'll never know. Unless, the, you know, honestly, just because it was canceled, you never know. Shit just drops sometimes out of nowhere. Maybe the fucking, there's a prototype out there somewhere. Right. Uh, if you know about that, also write in and let us know. Next issue dials up a tease of a Halloween special issue, given it's October, of course, and they talk about Castlevania 3. That's hot. I'm That's a game I'm definitely going to make sure we play. And Frankenstein, Psychosis, Werewolf, Drax Night Out, and that last one sounds pretty fun, <laughs> Drax Night Out. That sounds wild. And then they also talk about Wizardry and Dragon's Lair on NES 2. Get Jab on the horn about that, and he'll be happy to talk your fucking ear off about it. <laughs> Monaco GP on the Sega Genesis, bringing us into the nominations. It's uh, an acid trip and chiptune format. That song. <laughs> <laughs> that song. It's very fun. good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, what did we play last? Little Nemo. Little Nemo. I think I went first for that. Probably so. Yeah. All right. So I had a tough time this time. Had a tough time, and it's because, because of too much, too much, right? Not too. What's little. it? Too much, there, not too little, right? Yeah, there's there's so many things though. Like, this is not, in my opinion, an issue in which there's like five hot games that I just can't wait to play. It's more like there's a lot of games that I could play, but nothing that's really just jumping out off the page at it for me. So, with that in mind. First is Dragon Spirit. Second, Truxton. <laughs> Gonna keep bringing it up and banging that horn. Okay. Third, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Eswat. Okay. Hoping that there's more on the bone after what I saw. But like I said, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games on this list that I could play that come out of this ep- out of this issue. Um I could be sold on, sold on a lot, honestly. Like, there's a lot that are just like, meh, you know. They meet the rental standard, probably. Okay. <laughs> I We have overlap in ESWAT. I don't think there's any drama in that, given my reaction to it. I also have Strider, of course, because I think it's fucking oh gosh. 
Maybe the best game. Maybe the best game on the system to date. Uh, up what? To this point. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 And then my last one is Ninja Gaiden 2 on the NES. It appeared as an ad in the Tecmo ad. Mm. So yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet, and I think it's the idea again that we haven't played either of the Ninja Gaidens yet for a game episode is kind of crazy. It's a little bit crazy for calling ourselves selves legitimate U.S. video game console historians here. I think the idea that we have not done any Ninja Gaiden all the way through September 1990. A little crazy. But it's a lot of games, and I understand that, you know, we can't get to all of them. And so there's that, and then Eastwat and Strider. And yeah, I mean, dude, I, I from a fun perspective, I think I, I want to play Strider. I think I want to play Strider for sure. I, I'm, I, I, what? I know I did this. I've... I've only, I've only done this once, and had you refute it once we got into the process. So I would like a little bit of giving me the benefit of the doubt here, that I have not led you into these things where you were blind and had it go awry other than Captain Skyhawk. And even Captain Skyhawk, I think I qualified. I wasn't sure. I thought it was interesting and very different. I think I qualified it. I couched it a little bit. I wasn't... You know, like, oh my god, this is like, Strider, I'm like, oh my god. Like, there's just no way to me that it can go bad. It's, to me, it's that good. Mm. I think there's enough public sentiment also about this game to support. And I think if you want to spend 10 seconds Googling it, I think you'll see the same thing. So, I think that also is a good sign that we, we're not going to go wrong there. And, yeah, I, just, I mean, I just think it's going to be the most fun thing for sure. Uh I think the most responsible thing is Ninja Gaiden 2. I want to play Eastwatch 2. I think that again. I, I think. I think there's more opportunity for that to go awry, though. I think because we again we didn't try with the suit, so I don't know how much better that makes it. Uh, it was even if yeah. I'm talking about it as a positive. I, again, it was a little bit of that stiff arcade shit that I'm not entirely sure is going to be great for a full playthrough. Uh, but there were a lot of signs that it was good for sure. And and uh, if you wanted to go with that because there is overlap, I don't think I would argue with you too much um, other than I think we're leaving Strider off and it's kind of criminal. <laughs> so let me respond to your Strider remarks, good sir. Um, it, it throws me off, and I'm just completely just. I, I can't believe we're talking about Strider. Good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna type Strider Genesis. But hear me out. But hear me out, Josh. Hear me out. Hear me out. I can't believe we're talking about Strider. But one thing that I have become, one thing this podcast has made me a lot more interested in, is every time we talk about a game and there is a remake or a remaster done later. I'm very interested in playing that, even if I didn't absolutely love the game. So like Alex, Alex Kid, we played, and then I went and wanted to check out like the new later latest remaster one. Yeah. I've you done mean, that. I do that. You regularly. mean Wonder Boy, but it's perfectly okay that you're next exactly. Up. You know, <laughs> the same IP that we constantly misspeak Mix about up, all right, the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's there's been so many of those, and every time we do a game, I'm always looking at. Is there an updated version? I want to check it out and see what what has been done now to it. You know, that just fascinates me so much. Maybe it's just, you know, working in the industry. But 
I have noticed in the past that there is updated Strider out there that I could go download right now on the Xbox. Like, there's a new remade Strider. And I've been fascinated because it was so damn terrible on the NES. <laughs> I'm like, like, of all the games you played, why would you... Like, why in the hell are there Striders and, as you said, like, more sentiment around this game that was absolutely terrible f- from play experience? And so, I've seen that and I've been curious about that. And... Because of that, and because of you say like validating like okay, there's a reason. Maybe we just played the absolutely worst port that we could play, you know, for <laughs> right. most limited version we could play. Like we played the Atari Double Dragon, not like the legit arcade Double Dragon, you know. So I would I would actually be curious to because of what you said from that standpoint. Like okay, this is essentially a much better one, which would actually give me a reason if it is as good as you say to go check out the remastered ones that I can just go download right now in the store that I was curious okay. about anyway. You know. I, I got you leaning on the ropes. Let me fucking knock you the fuck out here. So <laughs> I typed in the, the keywords into Google. I typed in were Strider, Genesis, Critical Response. Four keywords. Second, first one's some wiki bullshit. Second, second return on Google is a Nintendo Life review uh, of the game. Let me read the conclusion. With its gorgeous visuals... Excellent music and surprisingly stern challenge. Strider's magic hasn't diminished one jot. I don't know. I've never heard that term before or that usage of that term. Anyways, despite the passage of over two decades. So he's looking at it from a modern perspective, too. That's interesting to note. And it's a feast for the eyes and the responsive and acrobatic main character controls with amazing grace and fluidity. Only the unofficial sequel, Cannon Dancer, comes anywhere close to attaining the same balletic brilliance another word i've never heard before balletic although many will argue that the availability of the arcade version on collectors on collections for the ps2 and psp renders the port redundant this is one of those rare cases where a conversion actually adds something to the original sega's talent is evident from the moment the title screen appears and this effortlessly ranks as one of the japanese japanese veterans finest conversion jobs ironic when you consider that it's just that it's another company's game and they give it a 9 out of 10 excellent score on here. So, when you get up off the mat, Jay, fire up Strider. <laughs> fine, fine. I can't believe it. Like, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're giving ourselves a, a nice holiday gift here oh in, our, in our 2022 conclusion episode. So, okay, that kind of sounds like it settles it. I'm glad we could arrive at a mutually amicable solution to this game episode. <laughs> so, the uh, that will be the next episode, the our first episode of 2020. Well, maybe not. We, it sounds like we're going to side quest again first, but it'll be our first main quest episode of 2023. And then we are finally back to some Sega action with issue two of Visions. And that has me pretty jazzed up. We, you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbest company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen if you enjoy our nonsense. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, the Instagram, and or the subreddit. And talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. Links to all those will be in the show notes. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. 
t-shirts are on the website. They're dope and proceeds on those after pot expenses go to the Able Gamers Foundation. I'm rocking one now. Jay has some bullshit for amateur football on, so he doesn't have one, but whatever. Jay, Jay what are your socials? Uh, Gentleman JB without the second E is my gamer tag. That's where you can find me on Xbox, which everywhere. I am on Twitter at Josh Fullen. I am on Instagram at my shift key is broke, as well as my Oculus gaming tag if you want to get rocked in Demio, or well, Demio will be collaborating, but if you want to get rocked in Walkabout, um, or maybe Iron Man, if there's a multiplayer, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. You can find me on there. Happy fucking holidays. Thanks for listening in 2022. We appreciate it. Can't believe you people like our shit enough to interact with us and listen to any of this. So thank you. Happy holidays. Okay. Bye. Bye.